Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Cove Hefe Breaking on Safe Space. Today is Monday, March 22nd. Yes, that was two frames of me being a boomer in between the countdown and the intro. Uh, you're watching Unsafe Space. And here's, I think Carrie's ready. Carrie, are you here? I'm here. Hello. Carrie's here and ready. There she is. I'm just sharing <sighs> the video. Okay, Carter, I yes. have a good idea for today. Um, well, let's do our top of the hour. Okay, you do that while I share this. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Carrie's got a good idea. I agree it's a good idea even, so we don't even have to fight about it being a good idea. So um, anyway, welcome to the show. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can go to unsafespace.com. If you want to support us, uh, you can buy cool shirts like this one that says non-essential. If you do something non-essential like, I don't know, sell food or pay your mortgage or go to school or church, all non-essential. So you can advertise that if you want. Um, and the thing that we should be reminding people of, we just announced last Friday that um, we are doing our first ever unsafe space retreat. It is outside of Austin, Texas. It's on a 60 acre ranch outside of Austin, Texas. And uh, yeah, you can go to unsafespace.com slash retreat if you wanna go check it out. Um, and there's a couple different options there for people who want to come hang out. But it is August 22nd to August, sorry, August 20th to 22nd, which is uh, basically a Friday evening through Sunday um, in August. So we're excited to do that. It'll be our first retreat. Carrie and I will be there and the Unsafe Space crew will be there. And people have already signed, started signing up. So that's great. And I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about that. That's my sales pitch. Um, what else? I don't know. Book club. What else we have, Carrie? Anything else I'm supposed to say? Beginning of shows? You say book club. Oh, book club. Thank you. I don't have the book. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know where it is. Here. Uh, the fourth turning is the book we're reading. There it is. Carrie's being Vanna White, showing you the fourth turning. Uh, <laughs> it is this Sunday at noon Pacific. We will be discussing that book. If you haven't started reading, shame on you. Start reading. Have right, you started? So I have started. I've read the first three chapters or so. So, yeah. Um, okay. I've got this. I don't know. I guess that's now. all I have okay. to say. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's it. All right, Carrie. Good. You want to announce your big plan well, for today i just wanted to do was that good i just wanted to do uh james Lindsay has a great hashtag that people have been jumping on and posting about and creating videos about and i think it's the kind of thing that is that is very useful and positive if you are on social media to be a part of because it's part of changing the culture if people see people talking about this and sharing their real stories so he's got a hashtag called woke breaking point where he's asking, what what was your woke breaking point? What did it for you? And I shared So this it. is on Twitter and people are just posting like, this is yeah. what did it for me on Twitter. Okay. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever. He started wherever. it on Twitter, okay. but he, then I saw he put it on Facebook too. So I've seen some very interesting stories of what did it for people. And as 
you would guess it's all over the map. The it, a lot of times it's when it moves into something that touches a person, like in their hobby or in their church or what have you. But also a great range in the time when people woke up. Some people woke up ten years ago. Some people like me. Mine was around. 2016, so five years ago. Some people, it was this year, you know, with the when it went mainstream. So that's really interesting. And I figured this would be a good interactive thing to ask the chat. You know, what is what was your woke broken point? And I have some follow up questions as well. But I'll start. I love that. I love having an interactive like chat with people about woke breaking points. So yeah, are you going to start by telling us yours? Because I know most people know, but not everyone here knows. Yeah, but I don't know if they know specifically the woke breaking point. What I view as the woke breaking point. It was after I'd already, my mind had started opening a little bit by watching those videos of, of Trump supporters being attacked and stuff. And after that, my woke breaking point was probably the safety pin thing. And oh, I remember you telling me about this. I learned about <laughs> it from you after it had happened as yeah. your breaking point. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, what was the safety pin thing? So <laughs> after Trump won in 2016, there were there was a whole spate of articles written in the SJW left about how white people should wear safety pins to show that they're an, a good ally. And somebody on Twitter asked me, what did they mean? What was the point of the safety pin? Well, it was virtue signaling, but it was meant, literally, they meant it to show that you're a white person who's a good ally and that you're not going to stand by quietly as Trump starts to put gay people and black people and Muslims into concentration camps. I mean, they really thought this. I Some of us... <laughs> I don't think I thought that concentration camps would happen. If you don't wear a pin, you're going to stand by idly while they put Muslims into concentration camps. That's what you're going to do. It was histrionic. It was hyperbole. It was just (laughs) over the top. But basically, yeah, white. there was a whole spate of articles about how white people should wear safety pins. And a lot of people started making money off it like they do in social justice immediately. People were selling safety pins, safety pin kits, you know. And then Safety pin kits? Yeah. (laughs) Different things you could – different price points. And then within a week, within a week, I'm not kidding, there was a whole spate of new articles in the social justice left that was telling white people to take the safety pins off. You're just trying to show that you're a good white person. And so <laughs> and so a bunch of white people had already started wearing them. And then and then I saw Oh no, I started these- a business selling safety <laughs> pins. What do I do now? <laughs> and then I saw a bunch of white SJWs, mostly women. We're posting these really hand-wringing status updates on Facebook and Twitter. And they were like, basically, they were like begging black women and, and Mexican women, and Latina women, like uh, uh, women of color, Asian women. They were begging them like, uh, women of color, what should I do? I don't want any answers from white people. Should I wear the safety pin or not? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that just cracked my brain open because I'm like... You are sitting around waiting for somebody to tell you how to be a good person. As if putting on a safety pin or not makes you a good person in the first place. That's ridiculous. And you're giving That's when you know Western money. civilization is over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was it blew my mind. So that that I think was my woke breaking point. That was my your mind, woke breaking point. My mind had already been open and then I saw that happening and I just I couldn't I couldn't stomach it. I couldn't. And these were white women I respected, had I had previously like respected in the woke world. Many of them had pretty significant followings. 
they ran feminist blogs, they wrote for mainstream legacy media publications, and they were like, white uh, women of color, ugh, should I wear the safety pin? Weigh in, right? And then, and they were also do, saying the same thing about the women's march that they, that was being planned. You know, the women's women's march. Uh, they were like, should I go to the women's march? Ugh, is it too white? Is it too white if I go? <laughs> <laughs> <Too late. laughs> so, so that was it. Uh, do, do You're you too have- white. Here's a razor <laughs> and a bathtub. Go fix the problem. Yeah. So I want to hear from you guys. I'm going to pull up the chat. What was your woke breaking point? We can read through some of them. Uh, we'll, we'll obviously read the super chats uh, first as we see them. But if you can't afford a super chat, that's fine. We'll just read from the chat yeah. as long as we can keep up with yeah. it. And Carter, did you have a woke breaking point? Because you were never woke, but did you have something that really made you realize what the ideology was? Or, well, that's a good question because I was never woke, um, and I was always aware of bad. I'll say, I probably couldn't have articulated that it was that it was critical theory. And postmodernism, but I was aware of like the bad philosophy infiltrating universities and stuff. And and but I would say there was a point at which I recognized there were there were two points. One at one point at which I recognized that something had metastasized in a really like erat like a really weird irrational way. Um, and another point when I recognized it was a movement. And the point when I recognized it, that something had metastasizes I was dating someone and she was smart and she had gone to RISD which is really good design school on the east coast Rhode Island school of design and um so she yeah she was smart and she was like rational she kind of prided herself on being rational person um and I had gone this is gonna a little bit embarrassing but I had gone to a Tony Robbins thing um and Tony Tony Robbins speaks a lot in terms of like men do this and women do that, right? He's he, and he he recognizes that it's a generalization, of course, because he's not an idiot. But you know he talks in terms of man woman dynamics sometimes. And I and we were having a conversation immediately after that, and I made some comment about something he had said: men do this and women do that, and she. It was shocking to me because it was a minor comment and she lost her shit. She went ape shit about how there was no difference between men and women. And I had always thought that when we were talking about men and women and equality, we were talking about like political equality or like moral equivalence, not they're actually the same. But here was this smart person who was like, and I had read books like Brain, Sex and whatever, like there are brain differences, chemical differences, clearly there's biological differences. Like I knew there was biological differences. And, and right. So I had I was like, what are you talking about? She and she was calling me um a sexist bigot for implying that there was any difference. And and I think specifically she was angry that there was a I was implying there was a brain difference, which there is. Um and so like that was this really weird shock to we broke up after that. That was like a really weird shock to me that like why why are you so like religious well, about this topic you, I, I can't even bring up i would bring up data i'm like well i read this book the book no I'm like, <laughs> like i i don't 
I, I, I can't have a conversation. Something was really, really wrong. And then, and then about, I don't know, three or four years later, I had someone, I got into an argument with someone. I remember this cause she was a founder. I had a bunch of founders over my house cause I was running an accelerator and she was a founder that came over to my house for this party and she was standing in my kitchen yelling about how wrong I was about something or other because she had made, she said her words, I majored in social justice. I'm a social justice warrior. It was the first time I had heard that phrase and like the other younger people around her like nodded like, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> and like that was like those two were my instances of like something that something's wrong here. There's like an because she was saying the same kind of things that my girlfriend a few years ago had been saying, but she was out in the real world. She was no longer like in college. I guess my girlfriend was out in the real world, too, but whatever. But like it was just like this weird. OK, something has something has happened. They're calling themselves this thing with the word warrior, which I thought was really odd. Like, why would you use the word warrior? Because I didn't realize we were at a war. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and like, you're using the word warrior and you're saying insane things. And I, and it was like the same kind of, you can't argue. There were no facts. We're working on this yeah. girl. She was convinced that the, you know, the world was against her because she was a black female and blah, blah, blah. And like, uh, you know, and there were things that were against her, but like literally you could not have a conversation because everything was like, it's because I'm a black female. I'm like, no, th that's not, that's not the answer to everything. To everything. Um, but it I was. Think it to is. Her. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Wow. Okay. So that was that was my. I guess uh, that's my breaking point. I like that. I haven't heard that before. So we're gonna read through some of these, and right. I just I just did a screenshot of some of the chats so I don't lose them. Um, but, I got I got uh, all of them you, if you need them, actually, so we're good. Yeah. If you want to start, I, I just have to. Uh, my I'm my the wrong camera's working. I just have to readjust my camera. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, you want me to take you off screen? I'll take her off screen. So you can look at my beautiful, beautiful background. Um, Rib Rot Gut says, my woke breaking point was the appalling, insane reaction of, quote, feminists and other wokies to the mass sexual assaults across Germany New Year's Eve 2015. I remember that. I remember that, Rib. That was... Uh, that was crazy because they didn't want to ha admit anything about reality, about what was going on. Uh, and they weren't, and, and you're right, feminists belongs in quotes there because they weren't feminists. Did you hear that one, Carrie? You're muted or something. Oh, I think you're actually muted this way here. No. Can you read it one more time? He says, my woke, woke, my woke breaking point was the appallingly insane reaction of, quote, feminists and other Wokies to the mass sexual assaults across Germany New Year's Eve 2015. Oh, yeah. Yes. I didn't learn about that until later. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, they're never yeah. going to stand up because it, because you know who was doing those rapes and sexual assaults. You Muslims, yeah. Yeah, so they're not going to criticize a group that they've already deemed to be one of the oppressed groups. They're not going to criticize rapes if they're done by Muslims. Yeah. Um, you know who I texted this morning or emailed this morning uh, about this kind of thing was uh, it, got, it got me thinking about Megan Murphy with the Atlanta shootings because I was like, where are the feminists who are angry about the Atlanta shootings yeah. and talking about – because I don't agree with Megan on like 
whether women should be allowed to do porn and sex work and stuff like that. But I know a lot of radical feminists are like, like that's a really hot button issue. They're really, that that's a feminist issue for them. And I don't hear any, like there's, it's like crickets. By the way, I don't, just to clarify, I don't think Megan thinks women shouldn't be allowed to do. Uh, I don't know I, what she thinks. I'm not. Right. Putting, yeah. I, I think know, you probably do don't. agree. You probably do agree on that, but she just thinks it's a bad, harmful, idea. A bad idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I, I would probably mostly agree with that anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah you so. probably agree with her more than you realize. Okay. So <laughs> what's the, what's the next one? Next one is Penumbra Syndicate. Did you see that one? No, go ahead. Penumbra Syndicate says safety pin super chat. Is this racist or am I a good person? <laughs> I've been over syndicate. <laughs> it's, it's racist and you're a good person. We still can't tell. We still, there, there's not enough op-eds written by social justice warriors. Yeah. yeah. Maybe <laughs> I'll half, have to go, let me go check Vice. Maybe half a safety pin. Just like put the <laughs> sticky part in there. So, you're, so it pricks you constantly and the pain of being stuck by it just reminds you of what a bad person you are. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> the, the captain's log says dishonest coverage of Trump and media blowing their loads over Black Panther as a black hero when he had when we had Blade who saved the Marvel in the late 1990s who was also black and didn't need to tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good this point. is true. This is true. It's like that's like they do the same thing with women. You know, they have to tell you this is this is so when they replace Doctor Who with a woman and it's all, and they make such a big deal out of the fact that they're replacing. Oh, it's going to be a female. Char- you know what? We've had female characters before <laughs> right. and, and nobody made a big deal about it. And when it was done well, like in Battlestar Galactica, the remake, you know, we've talked about that before. Yeah, I, I loved uh, no what was cares. her name? Kara Kara's character. What was her name? Um, I don't remember her name, but Starbuck. Starbuck was great. And Boomer, they replaced Boomer too. And those characters were great. And they didn't make a big deal out of it. You're right, Captain Slug. They weren't dishonest about it, you know. And then they come out later with all these fumes. Oh, it's so revolutionary. It's so important. And then you know that that's when you know when they're going to make the fact that the character is in one of these so-called oppressed groups. They're going to make that more important than the storytelling. Yeah, and they they do it in reality too, right? With like, I, I heard some news story the other day about so-and-so being the first gay cabinet member. I'm like, that's not, Trump had gay, like, that's not yeah, true. Yeah, Trump appointed They're just the first lying. gay cabinet member. They just lie. <laughs> yeah. They're just lying. It's not the first gay cabinet member. Um, so. I'll tell you why. They did not celebrate Trump's pick, by the way. Of course not. By the way, did you see Black Panther? I didn't see Black Panther. Did you see Black Panther? No, I didn't. I had to think about that. No, yeah, I didn't. I didn't see Black Panther. But I saw Blade. <laughs> yeah yeah was that the one with wesley snipes yeah it was awesome yeah yeah, yeah. all right okay here's a few that are not gary thomas is next if you oh okay, okay but here's a few that are not super chats just to read them off rachel says uh the grievance studies mind conf paper was a huge wake-up call <laughs> uh indy prime says when i got called a nazi for thinking that cultural differences exist um, Cultural differences don't exist, but you better not appropriate. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, hmm. <laughs> Clarissa says, I never had a breaking point because I've never been down with any of it. My district superintendent sent out an email about white supremacy on Friday, though. That was cute. <laughs> um, 
Mr. Guy says, I was forced to actually read the gobbledygook of Judith Butler in grad school at the Ooh. age of 24 in Spanish lit. Wow. I feel for you. I also read a lot of Judith Butler in college. Uh, mine was part of women's studies, though. Um, okay, go ahead. Let's read some more Super Chats. By the way, these are I'm noticing a lot of these are quite quite recent. Um, yeah. Like this is all pretty recent. There's a lot of recent ones. Yeah. Gary Thomas says my woke breaking point was the whole Jesse Smollett debacle. I'm saying Smollett for fun. <laughs> debacle. Uh, before that, I knew that there was something intrinsically wrong in American culture, but I couldn't verbalize it in a coherent way. Yes. So this is somebody said this in, in one of my threads about it was that they knew there was something wrong, but they didn't have the words for it until more recently. And and that's not a, that's not an accident. Uh, and for Gary too, it's, it's, they try to make it hard for you to criticize. The, like we've talked about before, social justice activists, warriors, whatever, they're very concerned with language. They, they're very concerned with controlling language. So they redefine words that we already have a commonly accepted definition for like racism and sexism. So they can control you. So they can, can so they can make you think it's okay to be racist and sexist towards certain groups because they've redefined those terms. So, Hey, it's not magically, it's not racism and sexism anymore. Um, they also come up with new terms all the time. And then one of the things they do is they try and make it so that you can't criticize social justice by, by uh, throwing a fit when you give it a name. So you'll notice as Carter, your broke waking, one of your waking, waking up moments or, or uh, uh, points where you recognize something was wrong was when somebody called themselves a social justice warrior. So social justice right. warriors co coined that, we coined that term for ourselves. But then when people started using it to criticize the ideology, then what did we do? Then the whole, then social justice warriors said, oh, that's, that's a pejorative. You can't call it that. Don't call it social. Don't call it SJW. Don't call it that. And they also get they also said, don't call it cultural Marxism. If you call it cultural Marxism, you're a racist. And 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 then so we've continually come up with new terms. And, and OK, well, then uh, identitarianism, you know, OK, uh, uh, control left. Like no matter what you call it. Sorry, it, I'll call yeah. you a different name. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to have a problem no matter what you call it, because they want to make sure you can't criticize it by not being able to identify it and name it. So who cares what they say about what you name it? You could call it apple pie. And tomorrow they'd say, if you call it apple pie, you're a racist. Right. <laughs> They just don't want to be, you're right. They don't want yeah. to be identified. They don't um, want to be seen for what they mm -hmm. are. Right. Um, Michael Toll. <clears throat> hey, Michael. Michael says, my breaking point was the Berkeley riot of February 2017. Long story short, I disagreed with political violence, so my sister denounced me as a Nazi on Facebook and stopped talking to our dad because of it. I, wow. You know what, Michael? That was, we could argue... Maybe not the very beginning of Unsafe Space, but kind of. The prior incarnation of Unsafe Space, I think it was episode number two, was was because of that um, riot. So my friend was there. She went to see Milo with her husband, and they got, they got beat up. Um, pepper sprayed. He had a concussion, I think. Um, and they were just they were just kind of there. And I remember I remember sitting at the table having dinner and getting this frantic text saying, I can't find my husband or, or his name. I can't find my husband. Like, this is where I am. I can't find my husband. Like I can't see 
I'm like wandering around the street. I'm afraid. Can you come find me? And it was like this surreal moment of like, what the hell is going on in Berkeley right now? Um, And uh, yeah, that was, I think that was my waking point for not for woke ideology, but for Antifa's presence in the US. That was when I realized like, oh, there's something seriously violently wrong going on as well. It's not just crazy talk. There's, there's violence happening. Yeah. And Michael, that was part of my awakening as well. You know, it's not a, it's not a fast transition out of the ideology. If you are woke and you, and you have a, a a waking up moment or a breaking point, you're still going to have to spend a lot of time, extricating yourself from it. It's not like you just leave the next day because this is deeply ingrained um, a, a belief system. This is the whole way you look at the world. It's it's sort of like raising your house of belief entirely to the ground and having to start all over. And that doesn't happen overnight. And so that the violence at Berkeley was also contributed to my waking up. And I, and I, I'm sorry to hear that you lost your sister over it. I had friends I lost over it as well because I started trying to talk about Antifa and how violence is wrong. I didn't join the left to join a, you know, I'm not part of the left because I think violence is good. This isn't liberalism. Liberalism doesn't support violence except as self-defense. And I thought that was pretty, a non-controversial statement to make, right? Like, hey, but leftism does. Oh yeah, and so I got immediate pushback, and I was like, as liberals, we need to call in to check the extremists who say they're on our side. We need to push them to the margins, and I thought that would be non-controversial. Like, hey, liberals, we should be saying Antifa's wrong here. This is this violence is rioting and burning things down and attacking people's wrong. And I got so much pushback. I lost some friends over it. I lost yeah. friends who wanted to argue with me that that uh, it's okay what Antifa's doing. That it's in. in can you imagine that, that that's okay? Oh, I I definitely know people that <laughs> I I don't I won't say that I've lost friends, but there have definitely been people that I was good friends with, and I saw them on social media say things exactly like that. And I just stopped. I just stopped interacting with them because I was like, I don't want to. If I have an interaction. It will blow up. So I've just like stopped talking um, mm. because, yeah, absolutely. There's people out there. There's a lot of people out there, especially the person I'm thinking of. She's a writer. She's from a very wealthy family. Like, I guess all this is going to make sense, right? She's a writer from like a super wealthy family yeah. who, um, you know, enjoys like I kind of liked her in the past. Like she enjoys her life and she's a fun, nice person. She was smart, very well read, very, very well read. Um, kind of was always sticking up for the little guy in her other kind of writings. Um, but then this this movement came along and she just started saying these things about how Antifa was was correct. And like, this is what need, like, yeah, we need to support Antifa. And it was like, wow. <laughs> okay. Who, who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I don't even want to interact with you anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to have a conversation. My, it blew my mind. One of my former friends who unfriended me pretty spectacularly about the Antifa thing, she she was arguing with me and was saying that this has nothing to Antifa has nothing to do with communism. What are you talking about? My uncle's <laughs> a, 
And I'm like, have you, you read? You know this? no history at all? Like, I don't. Like, you don't know any history and you haven't read the Antifa handbook. I mean, clearly. Like, do you know nothing about your own organization's <laughs> history? Like, it has everything to do with <laughs> communism. communism. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're not even in reality. She's like, but my uncle's in Antifa. I'm like, and he may be a very wonderful guy in other ways, but he is in uh, a violent, racist, sexist collectivist communist marxist organization yeah, <laughs> like, I, like, but my you, uncle's like, in antifa I, is a indication of like i mean yeah i that's just a, that's just a self-admission of i'm not looking at the facts because my uncle's in antifa that's what yeah that's what it's that like is, you right? know well some people probably have uncles in the kkk it, it, right does that mean the kkk is okay like it, right uh, okay, let's do some more. <laughs> uh, Trinoculus P, which is just a funny name, says uh, 1960s blue eyes, brown eyes experiment, black sensitivity weekend training, a black female coworker ran out crying. Social engineers are sociopathic, narcissistic academics. I wow. think I just agree with everything you said. Uh, I Who think that's, I agree. <laughs> I don't see this. Oh, I see the super chat now. You know, okay, let me plug this other podcast, uh, Disaffected. The Disaffected mm. podcast, I've plugged it before. It's a new podcast. Did that come out? My episode has not come out yet, but I think it's probably coming out today. Um, this is a new podcast. It's hosted by Josh Slocum. He's in our community. I don't know if he's in the chat today. And this is one of the best new podcasts I've listened to because he specifically – talks about social justice ideology through the lens of someone who is very well acquainted with cluster B personality disorders. And that's the sociopaths, the narcissists, the borderlines and the histrionics. And for anybody who's geeks out on that kind of stuff or has a history with someone who maybe fits one of those personality disorders, I think you'll find it very interesting. He's doing something new. I mean, there's a lot of channels that, that, uh, criticize social justice ideology now and a lot that I'm a fan of uh, he, his is, is definitely a new kind of format and I, I really enjoy it so anyway Trinoculus P go check out this effective podcast you may like that one Carrie uh, can I ask you a quick I, I know this yeah. is a tangent but it's related <clears throat> to what you just said I want to ask you a question because I was thinking about this I listened to the podcast that's not like I listened to your um, your disaffected podcast which was great and it got me thinking about something do you think that so I, I he has this kind of I guess one of his premise I don't want to put words in his mouth but his premise is that what we're seeing in society is a kind of cluster B on mass thing that's happening right yeah. at, at social justice I think actually maybe some previous extremism has been different personality cl- I, so I looked at the different clusters yeah. like yeah. I was growing up I grew up in a household also crazy, differently crazy. I grew up in a cluster A household. <laughs> and what's cluster I'm, A? Like paranoid schizophrenia and like it's a different mm-hmm. set of crazy, okay. right? Crazy. Different set of crazy, right? Um, and that tends to lend it like just is just anecdotally, I'm looking at it and I was thinking, that tends to be like the radical right extremist cluster tends to be this like 
cluster A kind of thing. And when they're in charge, it's like this cluster A mass movement. And like, maybe we've just switched to like a different dysfunction (laughs) now. now The cluster B dysfunction is now working, working its way into society. I don't know. I just want to throw that out there. It was weird. That's kind of interesting. I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, look at some of the people, okay, that are associated with the right. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's accurate to say, uh, Hitler, for example, was he on the right or left? I, I don't know. He he was a national nationalist socialist. Um, that for when in school I learned he was on the right, but now I've started to question that because he also pushed socialism. So I don't know. But but if you look at someone like him, I think he fits some of the cluster B narcissism. Uh, <laughs> sure, he does a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, but also some of the cluster A stuff. Like he's he's okay. like. He definitely has some like OCD paranoia shit. Like he, like I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Cluster A to I don't know. Well, anyway, it's a, it's a cluster A, cluster B world. <laughs> maybe I maybe I don't know what cluster C is, but maybe there's maybe history is just replete with different dysfunctions controlling society. Yeah. yeah. Which would be very depressing. Yes, now I want to go read about cluster A. Yeah, I. It makes me want to read about all the clusters and kind of think about them historically in a way that I haven't before. I just, I don't have, I haven't done it yet, but yeah. Um, now, maybe now, Josh will be want to do that. Now I'm thinking right? of uh, what's that candy. That's like nut clusters or something. It's like, it's just a whole, we're just living in a, in a nut cluster world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. It's a, it's a cluster something is what it is. All right. Yeah. Um, it's a cluster F is what it is. Uh, okay. <laughs> Martin Hickey says, in 1997, the U.S. Army (coughs) started consideration of others training. I knew something was wrong and got out a year later. The Army. So this is this brings up a good point. And this is something we can. This is another open question for the community. You guys can answer. One of my friends said that her uh, her woke breaking point was seeing the ideology move into the Orthodox Jewish community which mm-hmm. you would think would be immune and it's not. And I've, yeah, I, well, I you, I would say some people might think it would be immune and it's not. And, and so here's another question. What communities has it moved into that you thought would be immune? And for me, that would be Southern Baptist. It blew my mind that it's in the Southern Baptist community or Islam. Remember we had Cameron Pasha on talking about how it's starting to move into Islam, which I thought would be immune. Um, what are some communities it's moved into that you thought were immune or, or what are some hobbies that have now been called problematic and racist, like knitting or, uh, ballroom dancing or hiking. And, and so this is three questions. Third question is what communities do you still think are immune? Like, uh, or, or to maybe won't continue to be, but what communities are still immune? So for that, I would say fly fishing and CB radio hobbyists <laughs> so those are my answers <laughs> uh i would i think shooting is mostly still immune um i think it's uh, mostly still immune but they're trying to get into shooting although yeah they, but they're not going to be invited to the gun range um i used to take I, just, them the, I used to take them to the i gun know range. i know but not on mass uh yeah they're not yeah. going to get you into know, hunting, you know who i was probably. surprised go ahead I don't think they're going to get into hunting, but I think they're going to get into guns. Hunting, hunting is a great one. Yeah, hunting. Yeah. Let's let's use that as a hobby. That's okay. probably immune. You know who <laughs> I thought I was surprised by? 
I don't know if I want to say I thought they were immune, but I was surprised that the libertarians didn't have a better defense against it um, because they spout individualism all day. Um, and I think it's a function of the fact that the libertarians actually are pretty philosophically bankrupt. Um, they, they don't generally like there is valid philosophy behind why they should draw the political conclusions they've drawn. But a lot of libertarians just start with the politics and don't really have any philosophical foundation. So maybe you can get care, you know, they can get swept away with, uh, or swept up in, in social justice stuff. But that was a little bit surprising. I thought yeah. they should have a little bit of a barrier to this. <laughs> But not yeah, really. I was surprised not about really. libertarians too, and I know a lot of people were surprised about the atheism community. Oh, it, I'm not surprised about that at all. It devastated no, no. the atheist community. Atheism plus yeah, first. I mean, that was one of the early devastations. Yeah, yeah. But you need if you think about it. Well, there's two reasons. One is uh, the atheist community has an inherent problem and in that it's a community based on a non-belief, which is not a coherent idea, right? Like, right. like if you had a society, we're a society of people who don't believe in Thor. All right, well, there's nothing preventing me from giving you a new belief. As long as it's not Thor, you're going to go with it. Like, it's not, like, it's not a, there's nothing positive about that group of people that, like, they don't all agree on something. Um... So there was nothing. There was nothing really there, um, and also just strategically, because a lot of the academics um, are atheist. The woke people need them. They need the yeah. They needed the prestigious atheists on their side. Yeah. So it makes sense to go go after them and get them. And you know they did get a lot of them right, yeah. and then some of them got ostracized. So. This is why what you're saying about the lack of a belief that that's why I guess the communities I I was most surprised by it, it moving into are those that already had a fundamentalist belief system. So right. Southern Baptist is a pretty fundamentalist um, kind of Christianity, and I just thought that would be safe from it. Or you know, Islam is a pretty fundamentalist kind of belief system right. so i thought that would be safe from it because it's, it's already a fundamentalist belief system it, how can you have a, another fundamentalist belief system come in and cannibalize it from the inside like a parasite but it has yeah i would have thought that the southern baptist would have put up a better fight than they did um and i certainly would think that islam would be more uh because islam is uh, christians tend to be try and be a little bit more politically neutral than 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 at least some of the Muslim community is like the Islam is a little bit more intertwined with politics. So it seems like that would be a pretty good barrier against. Yeah. Well, cause I'm not like, not that I like their alternative to politics either, but just like, it wouldn't be woke. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, you're right. I don't know. The, the Jewish community, the Jews have always been, as a community, pretty Marxist. So I think they just have to recognize the end goals of wokeism and be like, yeah, 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 whatever, we'll speak it. Do we get Marx at the end? We're like, we're cool. Um, yeah, like that, my, I could see. But my friend, who's her, her breaking point was seeing it move into the Orthodox Jewish community, which is a bit like me seeing it move into Southern Fair. Baptist. It's, like it's the, into, that's like the Amish. Right. It's, it's like a more <laughs> fundamentalist version of the belief system. And so you would think that would be immune. 
but yeah, okay. Fair. Let's see fair. some more. There's a lot of people in chat today. Yeah, there's there's a lot of these. Sorry, we're we're okay. <laughs> Twee Girl says it was 1993, and the feminists at university started spelling women with a Y, W Y M Y N. Wow. I was in university then. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> women with a Y. And by the way, I just swallowed that. I just I was one of those people right. who's like, okay. Right. What harm does it do? See, I was one of those people who didn't think it was important to spell it with a Y, but I was I was that silent majority that just goes along with it because because they what they do is they weaponize your empathy and they 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 say, well, if you're a good person, you'll go along with this. What what harm does it do? What harm does it do to use someone's preferred pronouns? What harm does it right. do to say that there's a hundred genders? Right. You know, are you are you a bad person? Why wouldn't you just go along with this, right? I remember knowing it was a problem, but thinking I could just mock it and not have to pay attention to it. Like that was like, okay, this is just a mockable thing, but I'm going to go back to my engineering class and not care. Uh, that turned out to be a bad idea. Yeah. Um, maybe not for me personally, but maybe. Uh, hey, let, me, let me read this one. This is uh, out, okay. no, this is out of order, but it's on screen right now, so I can read it. Penumbra Syndicate says, Carrie knows that I have a background in the military and law enforcement in Texas. I have seen woke ideology rise in both of them and in the church. Yes, this is an important point. The military was one that some people thought would be immune, and it is not. <laughs> Neither is law enforcement. Neither is law enforcement, and it's already infiltrated both. So it's just going to continue to grow there. You Once it gets in, it's... It, I, I think it's really hard to root it out, if not impossible to root it out. The thing about the military and law enforcement both is I think it probably took longer to break the barrier in. But once it's in, um, because they're very top-down command and control organizations that have no problem forcing people to do whatever they want, um, once it's in, it metastasizes quickly, I think. That's my guess. Um, and I And I'm seeing that. We're seeing stories... I mean, you and I have talked to someone who's in law enforcement dealing with it right now. Like there's there's people dealing with this right now and it's getting and it is coming from the top. It's like, you know, because it's <laughs> look at, at the end of the day, it's like the mayor, the chief of police, like all, all those people, boom, they fall in line. It's a it's a you know, so if if you if you vote a wokey into office, you get wokey cops at the end of the day. That's what you get. Yeah. Um. So. K Trex says my breaking point was last summer when a black friend had an intervention where she told me all of her grievances against me. Truly distressing. Did you do it back? Cause that would be, <laughs> you could just be like, yeah, you know what? I'm glad you got that off your chest. Now I'm going to do one. <laughs> <laughs> Here are my grievances. <laughs> yeah. I have my grievances first, against you. Uh, number one on my list is that you just sat me down and, did a grievance session with me. Based right, that you on my assault race. grievance to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the. That's also one through 10 on my list is that you set me down <laughs> yeah. and attacked me about my race. That's so. Yeah. <laughs> my problem is that, yeah, you're talking, you're racist. Um, Azor says, mine was evergreen 2016 election and yes. Jordan, Jordan B. Peterson. Yep, Azor. We had some overlapping wake-up moments. Evergreen was yeah. a big one. Yeah. G-Man says, I work for the government. Today we got an email from our department secretary saying minorities have been hit hardest by COVID due to structural racism and characterizing the Atlanta homicides 
as racial hate. I, I'm sick of the Atlanta homicides being characterized as racial hate. In the Wall Street Journal this morning, there's a there's an Asian guy holding up a sign that says, uh, I'm not invisible or something like that. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, you were not the target. I mean, I, I get I get you're that not, you can protest yeah. against Asian hate crime, and I agree there should not be hate crimes against Asians, which may have been on the rise this past year due to COVID, not from white people, by the way, but you know, not that you would want to look into any details. Let's just ignore that. Nothing to do with the Atlanta shootings. He wasn't really going after Asian guys. Yeah. So, you know. There's this, there's this so, uh, this is a lie what they do when they, they, they put words in your mouth. They paint a reality that's not true. When you hold up a sign that says I am not invisible, what you're saying is that you guys all think I'm invisible. <laughs> no, we don't. It's like those signs in your yard, in the people's yards. It's like, you know, in this house, we believe that black lives matter because all of you people don't, you know, or in this house, we believe women are people because you, you guys out there don't, you know, or in this house, we believe science is real because none of you guys do. And it's like, yeah, duh. It's like, I, would, I don't put a sign on my lawn that's like, in this house, we believe gravity's real. And we believe <laughs> that murder's wrong. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to march around with a sign now that says, I am not your God. <laughs> what? What? Oh, <laughs> just to see you if... believe you are? <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to get that implication out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? See how that yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not your king. In this house, we believe the sky is blue. You, you deplorable idiots who live around me who don't have the sign. <laughs> in this house, we believe in signs. All right. Um. <laughs> I want to get one. In this house, we in this house we put signs on the lawn, yeah, <laughs> saying, exactly. how, saying what good people we are. <laughs> in this house, we put obvious statements on Same signs. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> also, we're proud of it. We're br- <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I mean, I know that they're not dumb. A lot of these people are smart, but it just it's such a midwit thing to do to say yeah. something obvious and be proud of it. It's like, I, get- I stand up against racism. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Good. That's a, yeah. Like, like give you, you a hero. Give you a cookie. Did I ever tell you about, so I used to work for a, I used to sell handmade cowboy boots for a while. And my bosses, they're super woke. Also super liberal. Like what do you call the limousine liberals? Like the wealthy. Yeah. The champagne leftists or whatever. Champagne leftists and just kind of non-thinking and, and they're white. And the, my, my boss came up with a button and it has a boot on it and it says, give racism the boot. And like, again, like, okay. Yeah. Who wouldn't, but except you guys, cause you guys are actually racist, but okay. So what, this was the most cringe thing is that whenever a black person would come in the shop, he'd be like, Karen, give her, give her a button. <laughs> like if it was a black Seriously? person. Yes. No, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need a button, sir. <laughs> give, that, give that black person a button. <laughs> Let's show them what good white people we are. We didn't, hey, hey, black person, here's a button for me, a white person saying. What a them. loser. Yeah, I know. What a loser. <laughs> I was like, uh, you give them the button. 
Gross. Was he a boomer, by the way? <laughs> a boomer, yeah. He yeah, was. I grinding. feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of wealthy boomers who did really well, like had actually quite cushy lives, like did really well, made a bunch of money. The economy was great. We borrowed against their grandkids, so they'll never have to pay it back, and they whatever, like all good. And they're the ones running around like with this smug kind of like yeah. <laughs> give racism the boot. All right. He also, let me tell you, let me tell you, the, the, this is just an anecdote, but this is the kind of, this is what champagne leftists are like. He's, he's the perfect anecdote. This is a person who just falls in line with all the woke stuff and just spouts it without even knowing what he's saying and treats people uh, who voted for Trump as horrible, racist, deplorable Nazis, whatever, and says he doesn't want them shopping in his store and that kind of stuff. Um, but then also, yeah, a boot store in Texas, by the way. Like. Right, right. Very expensive boot store. Very bougie. Um, but then would also brag. Like one time he was wearing this really cool vintage leather jacket. And, um, and you know, we're complimenting the jacket. Oh, what a great jacket. Where'd you get that? He's like, and then bragged about how, oh, I, I bought it off some Native American at a gas station who didn't realize what he had. You know, I gave him five dollars for it. He didn't realize this is like a five hundred dollar jacket. I'm like, wow! Good didn't you for mean you. redskin? <laughs> good for you. Yeah. <laughs> so like, so I just, I just give. I love that anecdote because for me, it encapsulates what kind of person you are. Like, you think being a good person is adopting some cult like ideology that calls everybody else except you like a racist and sexist and all this stuff. But then, in the way that you actually behave and live in the world. You have no problem ripping this guy off and thinking of him as some stupid Native American because you like you, you didn't tell it. You didn't even give him half of what it was worth. You didn't even, right. you know, that would have still been a deal. But it's like he's no, probably also outraged that Manhattan was sold for, you know, some ridiculously low price. Uh, right. Didn't yeah. some Native American tribe sold Manhattan famously? Oh, for, oh, yeah. Like he's probably outraged at the, the colonialist right. imperialism that that they they duped the Native Americans. But if it's a jacket for him or shirt for him, then, well, you know, then, yeah, that's totally More cool. Power to him. Yeah. <laughs> OK. <sighs> Tax Tara says I was never woke. Join the club, Tax Tara. Good for you. Uh, but a good friend of mine moved to Texas, moved from Texas to Seattle 10 years ago and went from a reasonable liberal to a crazy SJW. I could tell from her Facebook posts that something was up. Yeah. You watch a transition in a friend is a, is a point for a lot of people. Maybe. Yeah. Watching a friend. Dan trainer says I got into an argument with my brother. He claimed I was racist. He emailed the entire extended family, making the accusation lost family members. That's what family's all about. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Great. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. See, family, family members is friends and family members. Uh, is a, when you defect or you somehow signal that you're not a part of the cult, when those who become a part of the cult publicly turn on you, denounce you, treat you as if something's wrong with you, I mean, that can be really hard to go through that. But you will be stronger on the other side of it. I'll tell you that. Yep. Marie, good old Marie Buskey says, constant attacks on my knitting business myself and then very public canceling of a good friend. We have Marie. Have you missed it? We've had her on the show to talk about, I guess, sounds like, 
was her awakening. Uh, her, 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 when she noticed what, what's the, what's the hashtag again, Carrie? What'd you call it an awakening. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was a wake breaking. What it, what was wake your breaking woke, point? Woke, woke breaking point. Marie Busky oh. is, uh, you guys can follow her online. You can, her personal profile or her business is Skeins yarn out of New Zealand. And they didn't cave when they were mobbed. They were one of the small businesses that we've been able to talk to who, who resisted taking the knee and apologizing for something they didn't do, you know, and, uh, and they've they done well, been, by the way, well. as a result. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Next one's from Unframe of Mind, which I think is Daniel Wagner. I guess it could be Anthony, but oh. it's probably Daniel Wagner. Hey, Daniel. Uh, he they they wrote a, he did a funny video. You should check it out on Unframe of Mind. He did a funny video about finding like a box full of wrong think material. You should if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. Um, he says my breaking point was when I realized the state apparatus is funded by theft and would always be incentivized to violate people's rights for mere existence. Daniel, that's cheating. That's, I mean, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I also had that realization at some point, but I'm not calling that my my <laughs> woke breaking point. That's just my like. You guys should. That, that's uh, my anarchist breaking point. That's my, my uh, anti-statist breaking point. Let's put let, it that way. Let me plug Unframe of Mind for a second, because that's another great podcast. And we've been on their show and they've been on ours and, and you guys should go check it out. It's Unframe of Mind on YouTube. Um, they also have a great community on Facebook. If you're looking for a community of wrong thinkers mm. on Facebook, um, they have a group that you can join. But yep. uh, Mephist Mephisto Xarxes says, with utmost respect to you all, all you are doing is fighting the long defeat. The West and its values have fallen and China is laughing. I don't actually disagree with you, um, but um, here's my... I don't know. I'm not going to speak for Carrie, but here's why I'm doing this. Uh, I'm not. Con I, I am convinced, basically, that America in its current incarnation is dead. Like I, I like, and I'm not the only one. And and I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I'm not saying I want that to be true, but I just, I think it's very likely. Um, but I'm not convinced that the the idea of individualism and limited government will be extinguished completely from the face of the earth. And I do think that the people, if it, if that torch is going to remain lit somewhere, it will be somewhere in the United States, possibly not even called the United States, but it will be somewhere, it will be predominantly draw from this group of people. I don't mean our channel, but I mean people in the US. It's predominantly will be Americans, not all, but predominantly Americans who will keep that alive and hopefully keep that idea alive and functional somewhere in the world so that it can reemerge later and other people can join um, a free country again, a free territory. I kind of so. agree with you. I mean, we have to build up a resistance to it. And so I think this is part of building up the resistance for whatever yeah. comes next. So you know, and, and also because I think it's going to get worse for a while. And, and my only question is how long is that period of awfulness going to be? And I want it to be as short as possible. So the more resistance we build up, hopefully the shorter that period of awfulness is. <laughs> so, yeah. And there's a tactical question, which is not really even a philosophical question here. Like there are people who want to accelerate it and like, I'm, and they want to accelerate it for the right reasons. And I'm not, I don't consider them my enemy. Like I get it. They want it to be over. 
so they can start over on the other side. Like, okay, like I, I get it. I, we might have different tactics or whatever. Maybe both are needed. Maybe we need people kind of holding the door open for, for liberty-minded people at the very end and someone else, you know, burning the building and trying to build something else on the other side. Like, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I don't, um, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a far-fetched thing to say. Let me, let me read another one out of order because it's on screen. Adam Coleman. Thank you, Adam. Adam says, I was never woke, but my breaking point was when I met a British conservative while traveling in Madrid. Not bragging. That's funny. You can brag about being in Madrid. But anyway, while traveling in Madrid, he introduced me to Thomas Sowell. Uh, mm. Great point. See, there are certain thinkers out there where if you become exposed to them, you're more likely to wake up. And they they try really hard to keep you from ever reading or listening to these people. And Thomas Sowell is one of them. I didn't even know who he was when I was in the cult. That's how, and then the people, the thinkers that's, that, by the way, that is almost unconscionable. He is so prolific, so awesome. He's been around for so long that you could be politically aware and not know who Thomas Sowell is, yeah. is a testament to how isolated they can keep you. Yeah. And he's, and he's black, which by the way, they've tried to basically make a, a black uh, thinker, a black economist, make his thoughts off limits from the woke. Why would they do that? You should ask yourself, why would they do that? And I had never heard of him. The, uh, there were others I had heard of that I just knew to stay away from because they just they, they tell you to stay away from these people. They make them kryptonite. And they tried to, they've tried to do this with Jordan Peterson. They've tried to make him kryptonite because he's helped to wake a lot of people up. You know, Thomas yep. Sowell's helped to wake a lot of people up. Um, Adam yep. Coleman, by the way, is working on a book. I'm not sure. I'm not up to date on the progress, but when that book is out, we will let people know about it. So he's in our unsafe space book club. No pressure, Adam. <clears throat> no um, pressure. <laughs> <laughs> remind me if I'm ever working in a book to not tell you so that you don't tell people I have to get it done. Cause I don't want the, pressure. maybe I should <laughs> tell you. So you tell people and then I feel like I need to get it. I done. think he might be uh, done with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Johnny boy, quick, quick draw gives us 50 bucks. Thank you, Johnny boy. And says talking about his woke breaking point. Mine was 2014. Scientist Matt Taylor wore a shirt with cartoon pinup images of a woman at a conference. Ignoring that he had landed a rocket on a comet. I remember, oh, ignoring that he had run it on a rocket on a comet. I remember this was just the Mars or not the Mars thing, but yeah, I remember he was a, was he a NASA dude somewhere? Yeah. Ignoring that he had landed a rocket on a comet, they attacked him and he apologized in tears. Plot twist. The shirt was made by a female friend. I totally remember that. Um, Johnny quick draw, Johnny boy quick draw. That was, that was ridiculous. The poor guy, he's like a nerd accomplished this really cool thing. And I guess, did they live stream or there was some like video of like the control room people or whatever. And he was in it and some little woke brat noticed his shirt and whined about it. And that was, yeah, he had to apologize. I never heard about this. <laughs> yeah. I, wow. that, I remember that. Ah, oh, man. What a good, what a good one. Finest City Cycling says, excellent work on the Atlanta, the real hate crime medium piece and video. I suspect it'll lead others to their own woke breaking point. Well, I hope so, but thank you. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Um, TPS says, payday peanuts and caramel bar or nutter butter cookie, Carrie? Oh, we're talking about the nut clusters? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tiger, wants, Tiger wants the payday. Well... Liberty Solutions is 
as Keith always is here to do, you can rely on Keith for bursting your bubble. Keith is here to burst our bubble, Carrie. He says, nope, ham radio is now racist. From a Reddit article, racism and bigotry at Hamfest have been making it harder and harder for me to justify going. Boom! What? What? <laughs> racist ham radio. Electron, like- hey, if bits can be racist, electrons can be racist too. And uh, waves can be racist. It's the it's the wave particle duality of racism. I just I just <laughs> think that ham hamfest sounds like it would be delicious. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that means something else in Texas, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but if there's a different kind of hamfest that is about like pork barbecue and stuff, I bet that's racist too. Yeah, well, that yeah, obviously that's racist. I mean, that's just. Uh, Gary Thomas says, I thought a company like Disney would be immune to woke ideology, especially considering who its founder was. Really? No. I mean, no, not immune. <laughs> but interesting. I, I mean, you thought Disney would be immune? I just, okay. Uh, I mean, no, there, it, it, there are a lot of things that people thought would be immune or that, you know, that I thought would be immune. And we all don't have the same. I mean, we all obviously don't all have the same ones. There's just. Yeah, I think what it means is because Disney's founder, didn't Disney's founder have, wasn't he, didn't he have Nazi ties or something? Uh, I don't know the extent of it, but I, he has mm-hmm. been accused of being a, a sympathizer of, of of some kind. But I don't know, I, I don't know enough information to substantiate or say how detailed that is. But right. yeah, but you got to understand a major company like Disney, the, first of all, the founder's dead, so irrelevant. Uh, and it's a publicly traded company. So it's going to publicly traded companies more than any other company are going to make sure that they're kind of in line with mainstream sentiment. They have no compass generally. Um, so sometimes a private company will have a compass and sometimes that will be a woke compass and they'll be even crazier. Um, but sometimes that private company will have a compass that's not woke and they won't go along with it but public companies are going to go along with basically whatever mainstream is because they are convinced that that's what they need to do and disney disney's an enormous public company so Uh, they have no way they're going to get out of that here this is this is what people are saying is maybe this is what i was thinking of some people are saying he 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 was publicly anti-semitic no no nazi ties he was anti-semitic though and then other people okay. are saying, and including Christ, who gave a super chat, says Walt Disney testified to Congress against communism. And then people were saying, uh, so he that's was, bad. He was a very public anti-communist. No, they mean they mean that because he was anti-communist, that some people thought Disney would be immune. He was anti. Yeah, that's not being anti-communist. Isn't <laughs> having a founder from <laughs> who's dead who was anti-communist really isn't enough to prevent. This uh, infiltration. Um, TPS says, my Christian belief, sin requires knowledge and choice. That's my non-Christian belief, TPS. I agree with you on that. AR, a white person's uh, existence imbues them with the irredeemable sin of racism. Yeah. Yeah. So what does, know, what's AR mean here? Um, well, it doesn't matter because I, what I, what this person is saying is that is that it, this is this belief system is anti-Christian because this belief system says that you are born with sin if you're white, a specific kind of sin slash privilege if you're white. 
and you're born- oh, it's anti-racism, by the way. AR right. probably oh, means anti-racism. AR. Yeah, okay. And that you're born with a specific kind of sin slash privilege if you're a man, and you're born with a specific kind of sin slash privilege if you're straight. Right. And so it it it's very social justice ideology is is the antithesis of Christianity. It's it, that's why that's another reason why it surprised me that it's moved into some of the most fundamentalist parts of Christianity. Yeah, I, although I think I think. As as an outsider, right? As an atheist, I think that's it's the particular interpretation of Christianity that's popular that you're referencing. But Christianity has not always been about individual choice, and like that's not you can interpret it how other ways, and people do, right? So people will, um, yeah. And I would say those those churches that a lot of those churches that were preaching prosperity gospel, which I think is also the antithesis of Christianity, the prosperity gospel kind of places, they're just going with what's ever, what's popular in the world, what's popular in culture. And so if they, if they were, if they were not immune to prosperity gospel, they're probably not going to be immune to woke ideology either. Yeah. Actually like finding a church, not, I mean, again, I'm an atheist. I shouldn't be telling you how to find a church, but if like you can respect a church that hasn't changed its beliefs for generations like if they've if they've gone against the grain several times and 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 like weathered the storm and remained committed to whatever their belief system is at least that demonstrates that there's some conviction there that's not that they're not just you know a leaf on the wind yeah so azor ahai says know who's invisible the other two atlanta victims dude you are so right like go try and look up uh, details about all the victims. Like it's, I mean, you can find them, but um, it's always about, it's always about the Asian, the the six Asians. Sue Escobar says never woke, but my breaking point was summer 2020 when my faculty union sent out an email that said white silence equals violence slash complicity. I quit soon afterwards. Good wow. for you for quitting. Um, white silence. Yeah. Well, hey, silence is violence. Is That's the, They've been saying that in Berkeley for quite, quite some lie. time. It's such violence a lie. Violence is violence. When you see stuff like that on a shirt or a sign, that's a lie. Uh, here's a challenge. You know, one of one of my challenges was if you don't want to wear the mask, start trying to take it off in in the situations where you feel most comfortable doing so. If you don't want to wear it. Don't go along with something you don't want to do or and at least try and find places where you can you can start to exercise what you really want to do, which is not wear it. Right. I would say the same is when you see a lie printed like that in public on a sign or on somebody's shirt. If you know it to be a lie, when silence is violence, try and say something about it. That's a challenge that maybe will put you in an uncomfortable situation and you need to be prepared for that person to get really angry and yell at you and know what you're going to do if they yell at you. But Well, you can say I didn't want to be quiet because that would have been violence. That's what I said to one woman. She's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to tell you what I thought because, you know, silence is violence. So I think your sign's a lie. <laughs> you know? I think that's a lie. And I think you're walking around with a lie on your sign. And I don't think that's a good thing. And I don't think you I don't think you even believe it. What's on your sign. You don't believe it. Because if you believed it, you would you would not be yelling at me for now saying something about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Um, Why Bother says the atheist community isn't really about belie- not believing itself. It's a bit more complex. Its problem is moral philosophy vacuum. I would be glad to find some atheist slash skeptic community that isn't infected. Yeah, I mean, atheism is about a non-belief. I recognize the community is more complex, but you're actually kind of saying what I was trying to say, which is there's a moral philosophy vacuum in atheism, which is why some an alternate philosophy or ideology can come in and take over because there is a, a vacuum there. Um, so I would also like to find an, an atheist community that's not affected. There is an atheist for liberty community that I've heard of, but I don't know how big it is. I meant to have the founder on, and I probably um, owe him an email. Maybe we'll do that yeah. at some point. Um, oh, by the Cheeky way, says, oh, let yep. me just let me plug this of having people on. We're doing a live discussion on Wednesday. I'm very excited with Eric July. With oh, is that this week? Awesome. Okay, Young cool. Ripa. And it's going to be a live one. Sometimes we do our interviews pre-recorded, sometimes live. This will be a live one on Wednesday. Uh, what time? I've got it right here. My calendar it's, says one Pacific. One Pacific. So if you guys are fans of, of Eric July, I am. I'm a big fan of his Twitter feed. He really makes makes a lot of heads explode. Um, anyway, that should be a fun one. I'm excited. So. Yep. Cheeky Mare says, listening to Carrie has been a wake-up for me. I was never woke, but I am now more understanding of Wokies and worth the effort to try to talk to. Cool. Yes, Cheeky Mare. I'm glad you're – I've seen you on Twitter talking to some Wokies. You're doing good work. It's it's hard to talk to Wokies <laughs> and not lose your cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I just don't talk to him because I don't know if I can not lose my cool. <laughs> the captain's log says Beavis and Butthead went to a woman's with a Y meeting for the chicks. They, too, told them that the women – Spelled it wrong, LMAO. Did they? I don't know. I, that, that must have been a while ago. Uh, TPS says, leftist BFF went right, pulled me back to center. Interesting. Oh, your leftist BFF best friend went to the right, which pulled you back to the center. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. One of your leftist wokey friends left it and became right wing, and that pulled you to the center, but you didn't go all the way to the right. Got it. Yeah. That makes Matt sense. Deckard says, Pepe Le Pew? <laughs> that was very recent, Matt. Okay, but Quagmire, am I right? He must be a Democrat. Oh, he's know. saying Quagmire's immune. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pepe Le Pew, guys, is now racist, but uh, Damon Young writing that whiteness is a pandemic and that it should be killed off is totally fine and will be printed. That's anti-racist, actually, is what That's it is. That's anti-racist, but, but Pepe Le Pew is racist. Got it. Mickey the Fourth says, sup to my oppressed Americans. Sorry I'm late. <laughs> hey, welcome from the Czech Republic, Mickey. Uh, Chris Scar says, have you had any experience with Mises.org? There are some personalities from there that would make an interesting guest for your program. I have. I love Mises.org. Uh, I know Rechtenwald writes for them. Um, there's a couple other people I think who've written for them that we've had on the show. Uh, I probably... We should probably have more people from Mises.org on the show. Uh, yeah, I'm great not stuff. Familiar, and I need to be. I've heard you mention this before. So it's I, you know you got to just put your economics hat on, Carrie, because mostly it's going to be that. Oh, Rechtenwald has a really good series on the um, Great Reset on Mises.org. If you're interested in like reading a series about the Great Reset, it's really good. Uh, and I think he was on. Was he on our Great Reset? I think Ian interviewed him recently. I don't know if it's been released. Beverly can tell me. He did interview Michael Rechtenwald, and I think it's been released, but it might not have been. Um, 
Cisco Kid gives us 50 bucks. Thank you, Cisco Kid, and says, can anyone explain to me why America didn't join in on the worldwide protest against the lockdowns? He's put worldwide in quotes. Has the cancer of instant gratification consumed the spine of our country to the point that voicing what's right and wrong is an alien concept? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't know if it's instant gratification, but I'm not sure that we are. I think we're a nation of people who are afraid to say what's right and wrong because we don't know until we check our Twitter feed to see what other people think is yeah. right and wrong. Yeah. Uh, and so what's right and wrong is very largely defined by where we are. I know this analogy is tired and people don't like to hear it, but we are kind of a nation of sheep at this point. We don't, we are, you know, what's right and wrong is what we I mean, Look at the protests we did have over the weekend. They were, I, they were in anti anti Asian hate crime protests. Not that I think, like, again, I think there actually may have been an, an increase in hate crimes against Asians last year because of the COVID thing. That may be a possibility. The 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 study that is cited, I think, is very questionable. So I wouldn't, it probably wasn't a 150% increase and it's not a crisis, like they said, but whatever. There could be an issue there. But that's not why they're protesting. Let's be clear. They're protesting because of the Atlanta shootings, which did not have anything to do with Asian hate crimes. So... Yeah. This is, and it's all a narrative. So you've got a nation full of people that are protesting a, a narrative which is false. They're protesting a false narrative. This isn't new, though. They've That's been, insane. They've been protesting a false narrative. The BLM narrative is false. You know, they, they've been. Right, right. Yeah, it's not yeah. the first time, of course. Right. Yeah, they just right. go along with it. Hey, let me get this one on the screen uh, out of order. Uh, Lieutenant Cyber, thank you, says. My waking point was, quote, everything is racist, everything is sexist, everything is homophobic, and you have to point it all out, end quote, Anita Sarkeesian. Yeah, Anita Sarkeesian. Now, this was, I don't know if that means It's a Gamergate thing. Right? A game, yeah, I don't know if that means your, your woke breaking point was during Gamergate, but she was one of the people involved in Gamergate, and I was on the wrong side of Gamergate. It did not wake me up. I wasn't paying close enough attention and I just went along with it. I also wanted to say something about this. This is true. This is what social justice ideology teaches. Everything is racist. Everything's sexist. Everything's homophobic. And you just have to point it all out. They will say, they, they say this outright, that it's not a question of did racism occur in every interaction. It's a question of how did racism occur? They start from the start. They they begin from the starting point, from the presupposition that racism is in everything, sexism's in everything, homophobia's in everything. That's a big part of it. Right, right. Um, Rusty Spoon says my woke breaking point. Ex best friend was on an anti white rant. You can just say a racist rant, and suggest and I suggested white people weren't that bad. She claimed, I only thought so because my, quote, white boyfriend brainwashed me. I'm Latina. Wow. Sorry to hear that. Wow. Um, how, by the way, how racist is, see, this belief system makes people racist. It makes people more racist. It it tells them that they need to judge and treat people differently on the basis of race and sex. And when I say that it makes people racist, I don't just mean towards white people. It makes them racist towards all people. So, what did she? What did your friend just do there? Your friend just condescended to you and insulted you and said that 
your opinion cannot be your own because you're a Latina. Your opinion must be the opinion of your white boyfriend who's brainwashed you. That is so racist. That's yeah, so in fact, when they're racist, it's actually more often not racist against white people because their assumptions about white people are that they are powerful and yeah. and that whiteness is uh, reason, logic, Math. showing up on time, competence, all that meritocracy. That's all whiteness. So if you'll notice what they did here saying, well, your white boyfriend brainwashed you, who's that giving power to? You don't have agency. Only the white person has agency. And that is, if you look at who they ascribe agency to, it's only white people. They it's they ascribe white. agency to white people. Yeah. They believe and they teach that all Latinas, all black people, all Asians, I've seen this with the shooting that just happened. All Asians have the same opinion. And and if they don't, they're, they're, that they're a monolith, that they all have the same opinion. And if they don't have the same opinion and they don't speak social justice, well, then they've they are uh they've been brainwashed by white people they're tools of the whiteness you know the white supremacist society that they are internally racist that they they've internalized their own oppression this is a racist belief system they treat people of color really horribly unless you're unless you speak the belief system then they'll put you on a pedestal but if you don't <laughs> you can't possibly have an opinion of your own um, Mickey the fourth says, let's start a worldwide campaign for secession of everything from everything. Only way to secure freedom is to be able to walk away from the contract. <laughs> I'm kind of down with that, Mickey the fourth, but, uh, I think it's unlikely by the way, the contract that Mickey's talking about, I think is the social contract, which is, um, kind of a corruption of the concept of a contract. <laughs> Generally in contract law, you can see it before you sign it and you enter into it voluntarily. Um, social contracts you're born into and uh, it's whatever everyone else says you're in. That's your contract. Um, Mickey the Fourth says non-individualistic Christians are materialistic heretics. Your salvation is your responsibility. How anyone twists this into collectivism is beyond me. Well, I'm not a Christian, but I can tell you what I hear. Uh, I hear a lot of Jesus is actually a socialist talk from, from the left uh, oh and they base it on they base it on the idea that socialism is uh, by the way this is not I, I recognize this is a flawed argument I'm just saying like I'm just repeating it they they their argument is that socialism is the um, political philosophy that actually cares about the poor and Jesus mm -hmm. cared about the poor and Jesus didn't like the rich it's easier for uh, a camel to pass through the eye of a needle and then a rich man get into heaven. So like it's some anti-wealth quotes in the Bible that you can cherry pick if you want. And you can talk about, you can talk about um, Jesus caring for the poor and you paint that in a, you, the framework of only socialism cares, cares about the poor and yeah. therefore, you know, this, and, and, and then the woke ideology is the, is the means to an end with this basically. By the way, they, uh, and you know this, they get this wrong. They, they, they talk about the, uh, the verses in the Bible that, that talk about the church, um, where people are selling everything they own and coming together and basically living, choosing voluntarily to live in this communal style of living. And the absolute thing they, they purposefully leave out there is that it was voluntary 
that people are choosing to do this of their own volition, that it's not a government, people with guns coming in and forcing right. this. I think I pointed and, that out to yeah, you a while I mean, ago. You did, yeah, you did. It's, yeah. not, it's not <laughs> theft, you know? Um, you, you, uh, speaking of personal decisions, they often try, okay, like the anecdote I gave of the boot shop guy who, who, who personally in his personal life behaves in one way and is not generous and is not kind and it brags about ripping off a Native American guy, but hey, at least he used Native American and not Indian, right? Um, he brag, he bra- <laughs> brags about ripping off a Native American He should American have said guy. indigenous peoples, yeah, but okay. Right? Okay, but he they want to outsource, they want to outsource uh, doing good to the government, right? They want to outsource it. They don't want to actually do good and be good in their life and their personal choices. So to, to that end, I just stumbled across this. My preacher shared this and I was laughing this morning. There's an Instagram account, Carter. Let me just, mm-hmm. for a second, I think people will dig this. So I'm going to send this to you. If you can pull this up. Uh, there's an Instagram account called Preachers in the letter N, Preachers and Sneakers. And preachers this, and sneakers? Yeah, preachers and sneakers. I'm going to send it to you, but you can also just pull it up on Instagram. And this is a guy who posts screenshots of of famous preachers and their expensive items of clothing. And then he lists the dollar amount, like $5,000 watch. <laughs> like, it's like an AOC, <laughs> like the AOC thing, but for preachers. Yeah, or he'll post them in their sneakers. It's like, you know. for this pair of sneakers. And there's just something funny about this. I don't think that, I I don't, yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want to uh, shame people for spending money how they choose to spend it. But there is something kind of interesting about people who are making said money from the church, from Christianity. Like if they're making it somewhere else, fine, but you're making it from the church, and then you're choosing to spend it. You're not choosing it like in the Bible to to give up, you know, and, and to choose to spread that around of your own choice. <laughs> maybe, maybe some of them are, too. Maybe they have enough. They can buy a $5,000 sweatshirt and spread it around. But I don't know. I think it's an, I think it's a funny. Well, I mean, account. you can always spread around that extra $5,000. I mean, you know, you never actually need $5,000 sneakers. Um, need is a. Right. I mean, right. or what T-shirt or whatever. And again, um, I'm not I'm not crapping on spending your money where you want to. I'm definitely not doing that. I spend my money where I want to. I, I No, I, I, I would prefer that they ran businesses and made more. Uh, but, you know, hey, uh, yeah. and spent it on eight thousand dollars sneakers if that's what they want. Uh, but, but when you, you make know. the money from the church, it's kind of like, <laughs> man, like I don't well, know. so the, so actually, but Seamus had this argument that. I've heard before, but it was a it was a defense of Catholics, which was, well, you need that grandeur. Uh, and, and by the way, he was not talking about sneakers. He was talking about the wealth of the cathedrals and people saying, well, like, look at these cathedrals. Look at all the money they wasted on the cathedrals. It's the house of God. You should, like you need that art and that beauty. And that's very important. Do you think these guys could just say, well, you know, I'm representing God, so I need to have the nice. I need to have the nice threads, Carrie, because you know I mean, I'm God's maybe, messenger. <laughs> maybe I, I mean, my opinion on this is muddled. I, I I appreciate it. I'm laughing at the feed, but my opinion is not 
it's not a black or white. I, I just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm going to stay out of this because I don't have a horse in the race. I, uh, I, I love the beautiful cathedrals, though. I know my opinion on that. My opinion on that is there's there's something positive about adding beauty to the world and, and building a beautiful cathedral as a house of worship. I believe that. And I also believe you should. I also believe in looking nice when you go to church and in, and dressing up. And so that's why I'm, I'm also sort of like, I don't, I don't want to criticize too heavily where people choose to spend their money. And I spend mine on, like, I don't spend it very much on clothes at all. I like to shop at Goodwill, but I do spend a lot on handmade boots. I will spend a lot on that, you know? So when somebody was like, look at those boots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know? one thing that I think that we, one thing that bothers me about our, culture right now is there isn't there there is this dichotomy of like there's a bunch of people who think that spending a bunch of money is somehow shows that you're cool and awesome and you need to have the expensive stuff to be cool and there's like a culture around that but then there's also a culture of like resenting people for doing that like i don't just it's none of your business how people spend their money just shut up go earn your own money and spend it how you want and shut the hell up about how everyone else spends their money i don't care I don't like, care. You the want that, you want to have gold teeth? Great. Go do that. That's your business. Yeah. The only thing that <laughs> makes it interesting to me is because it's preachers again. Because it's the money, where they make the money. That's all. I find that kind of sure. interesting. But anyway. okay. That is interesting. But you got to assume their parishioners know. So maybe they just, maybe their parishioners are like, I want my guy in some $600 sneakers or whatever it is. Or $5,000 yeah. shirts. Yeah. All right. Um, Rodzilla5332 says... Chow Bai Din was slapped by China. We've lost the moral high ground to organ harvesters of ethnic slave laborers. Um, I actually don't know exactly what you're referring to, but I do know there was strife between China and the U.S. We had the, I guess one of our ambassadors or someone was over there and got got slapped by the Chinese. Um, That we have no business pretending to speak to them from a position of power when it comes to human rights abuses. Look, and obviously China is worse than we are on human rights abuses, but um, I do think we are losing the moral high ground generally. Like we're not – when you start to compromise your principles, it's really hard for other people to take you seriously. It's like, yeah, okay, we're we're violating the principle more than you are, but you're not really about that principle anymore. You're just – you know, and we've been – We've been committing human rights atrocities across the Middle East for quite some time. We've been bombing people and doing a whole bunch of, like the U.S. is losing its moral authority very clearly. Um, so uh, it doesn't mean China is good. It just means kind of like what do you expect, U.S. Eventually, you know, and China, what, the reason they're saying this, I think, is not that there's been any specific loss in I mean, I know a libertarian type person might argue like, look what you did with the lockdowns. You've, you clearly are more authoritarian U.S. than it used to be. I don't think that's why China's saying anything. I think China's saying something because they're starting to feel more economically empowered. They're less and less dependent on the United States. And I think as they become less dependent, they will be more uh, adversarial. Yeah. Because they can be. Why not? Uh you know, you we're, 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 a, we're a world full of little tax farms run by different bureaucracies, and they're very good at theirs. I want to read the one on the screen out of order. Their mom, mm-hmm. Kate Pants. Thank you. Uh, I think you're new. I don't think I've seen you before. Says, when my nine-year-old daughter and other white fem- female girls were being called white trash 
B words wow. and and worse by an African American male classmate. Teachers didn't stop him and told the girls to ignore him, and they were show and that they were showing their prejudice by complaining about it. Wow, that's an inversion, right? See, here here's the thing. I, I actually I'm, think you think. Yeah, I actually think that it's it's. Uh, I've started to realize it's it's good in some way. It's not good that bullying happens, but it is uh, character building and it builds strength and resilience, or it can be, it can do that. It can build strength and resilience for kids to, you know, to learn how to, you know, what is it? Uh, sticks and stones may hurt me, but but words, what is it? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. For kids to learn yeah. that lesson, we've forgotten to teach kids that. But on the other hand, when you see a double standard like this in your school, that's infuriating that if, if it were the other way around and those girls were uh, doing what he was doing and, and uh, insulting him and bullying him because of his race, the way he was doing that to them, the teachers would definitely take it seriously and the girls would be punished. And, and in yeah. this case, not only did the teachers not take it seriously and they don't stop it, but according to this mom, they also they also got accused of prejudice for even complaining about it. They got accused of racism for even complaining about it, about the racist abuse being directed their way. That's the world we yep. live in. It's it's upside down. Doesn't have to be. It's upside down, and it's not. It's 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 one directional. It's double standards, and and I think that that is a lot of that is a waking up point for a lot of people when they start to see the double standard. You say, if this situation was reversed, what would happen? And if it's different, then something's wrong. Mm. <clears throat> By the way, the last person just corrected. Chow Biden is Joe Biden. Now that makes oh, sense. Now I understand okay. your th- I'm like, who's Chow Biden? Joe Biden. Got it. Sorry. Okay, I should have figured that out. Redzilla, you had me on my phone furiously looking up Joe Biden. I was like, who is Joe Biden? Uh, Now, once you say it fast, just like Joe Biden or Uh, Joe Biden. It's like, oh, yeah, Joe Biden. Got it. Uh, Okay. All right. Andrew Joyner says, white silence is violence is gaslighting, in my opinion. If you do speak, you're silencing POCs. Yeah, of course, it's gaslighting because it's not true. It's not true. And they don't don't even believe it. I I can't stand it when people hold up signs and put things on their shirts that they don't even believe. If you, if you, and and maybe they don't know that they don't believe it, but if you try to have that conversation with them, like you don't actually believe this thing. Have you thought about it? Because I know you don't believe it. You may think you believe it, but you don't because now that I'm speaking and saying something and verbalizing, you have a problem with it. So clearly you don't think that silence is violence. Well, to be fair, silence could be violence and speaking could be violence. Everything could be violence. They say all of it's violence, yeah. All right. Uh, Why Bother says, being metalhead, I don't think wokeism invaded our space. It might be related to the specifics of the subculture. Nonconformism is in its core. Well, let's hope it still hasn't. That's cool. That's a good space. Um, Isn't it weird, though, that it has invaded some places that are about not conforming? But you're right. I don't know if it's invaded metal. That's really interesting. Rodzilla says, Matt Christensen did a great breakdown of the Asian hate crime study. Check it out. His channel is excellent. Excellent. I like Matt Christensen generally. I haven't seen that. I do know that, the, I mean, I did look at that hate crime study that is being cited um, for last year. And, you know, just not to do genetic fallacy, but it's out of a group that gets paid to find racism everywhere. So 
you can expect that. Um, and you know, look, the, the, there's a, there's a national crime victims database that the department of justice puts out every year. Just wait to see what it says about 2020. I mean, you don't, you don't need studies from UC, wherever it was, San Bernardino, um, from professors whose job it is to find hate crimes. Just wait for the actual data. Um, Mickey the Four says, look up Red Symphony and read it either Total Lie or the most important document of the 20th century. It alleges to be record of secret interrogation by top NKVD official talking about financial elites. Wow. Um, well, it's the, the NKVD is the Internal Affairs Soviet Union group. Um, Sasse, Sass, Sassy, Marie, Sassy Marie. I'll say Sassy Marie because I like that one. Sassy Marie, my one waking point was about 10 years ago listening to my friends who were university teachers talking about what I now know were struggle sessions at their work. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Struggle uh, sessions. If you haven't yeah. encountered the struggle sessions yet, and if you're new to this channel, the woke love, you, you may encounter this in your work eventually. The woke love to send people to struggle sessions. Sometimes they do it uh, by race. They'll they'll segregate you based on race or sex, and they'll send you these sessions where uh, they'll ask they'll they'll basically ask you to at the end of them uh, make an apology on behalf of your race because of your race because of your sex on behalf of your sex. Um, they'll ask you to admit your guilt, your complicity in in and white supremacy to admit your guilt and your complicity in the patriarchy. You know, uh, there we call them struggle sessions because they're not unlike struggle sessions in you know that happened in in Maoist China. Um, but but if you haven't encountered this yet, you're lucky, and you know, good luck when it. I've started to hear from people in our community who are pushing back. Some of them are going to James Lindsay's website. Uh, new discourses and getting tips on how to do that. And I would encourage you guys to, to do that. Don't sign any statements you don't believe in. I understand there's a lot of fear there of losing your job and you might, but if you don't believe in that statement, you know, I would encourage you to try and figure out how you can get out of signing it, putting your name on something you don't believe. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Richard Harris says my breaking point was when I left the military a few years ago and saw that the, what the population I was prepared to defend had turned into. I, Richard, I think that's something that we haven't talked about. Probably not a lot of people have thought about, but um, we talk about how woke ideology is taking over the police and the military. You have to think about it from the attrition side as well. Good people that would be in the police or military, it's got to be pretty disheartening to, to look out and see, well, what am I – protecting first of all what kind of organization am i joining now um and what are their values are they actually protecting the constitution like i kind of thought i was like that's what a lot of people that joined uh military at least in the past have had some kind of there's there's some kind of idea that i'm i'm here to protect freedoms and and the american um idea you know Ameri the american way of life uh but as you start to look at the military and wonder, well, what am I actually, what am I actually protecting? What like, and what are these people that I'm protecting back at home? Like they don't, they don't want any of the things that they don't want the constitution. They don't want 
the freedoms right. that I'm, they don't want liberty. They're saying that liberty is, is, is white supremacy. So it, why would you stay doing that? Why would you even stay and fight to try and make the military non-woke? There's no, it, it's, it's, it's gotta be very discouraging. I would imagine. Um, yeah. and these are people who are willing to die for liberty. Like these are people that are willing to like, I will go die. And again, I'm against a lot of foreign wars and blah, blah, blah. I don't think we should be, but like I'm talking generally, at least historically, the type of person that wanted to join the military was usually doing, there was some, uh, inherent belief that they were protecting something valuable here. Um, so Mickey, the fourth says for heavy metal, we will die. Bonus points for getting the reference. I don't actually get the reference. Wait, read Sorry. it again. For heavy metal, we will die. Uh, do, oh, do, do, oh, wait. Do, do, oh, what's do, that movie? Do, do, uh, do, 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 do. do you get the reference? I don't know. I, uh, I, I, think, I think I know what movie it is, but I can't remember. Maybe right, well, no, bon- no bonus points for you. No, I lose. Uh, okay, I lose. <laughs> Noel... Andras says, I'm a few minutes behind the live. Jesus called us to feed the hungry and clothe, clothe the poor. He didn't say we should give our money to the Romans and have them do it. <laughs> yes, mm, yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And you will notice a lot of times the people, like the anecdote I gave earlier, of the, the person who behaves one way and then believes in something else politically, they don't donate. They, they're not charitable. I didn't used to know that. I, I had, I had the exact wrong idea about conservative Christians. And it wasn't until I left woke ideology and I looked up some stats on charitable giving uh, broken down by faith system and non-faith that I realized, Oh, uh, actually the Christians give a lot. Evangelicals Mm -hmm. give quite a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Battle Gnome 23 says, actually, this is a, this is great. Uh, follow-up to what I was just talking about. It says, uh, military culture wasn't infiltrated and compromised. It was summarily replaced. The unwakeable just got fed up and mustered out so they could be replaced by the preferred new breed. That Sad. happens everywhere. In, in, in companies, we call it brain drain. The, the Actually, the good people who, who are there doing the work they're supposed to be doing and who are successful at it, they start to leave when the ideology creeps in and captures a company. Well, you know where brain drain is often used to describe people leaving countries too. Um, So imagine what this is going to, how this is going to bode for the U S because we have been, the U S has been um, enjoying its status as the place to be. If you want some sort of freedom and do your own thing. That status is losing. So even just the loss of the the good immigration is going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, they're they're like the good entrepreneurs who in the past were like, well, if I want to start my company and I want to build this dream I've got, I've got to get out of name X country and get to the U.S. Now they're like, well, I don't know. Do I really have to go to the U.S.? It's not the best. I could go to Shenzhen or I could stay where I am or I could go to work. Like there's other places to go or I could build my dream and the U.S. isn't really – Looking that much better, um, that'll definitely have an effect on us. That gave me chills. Sunny man, yeah, Sunny man. My first awakening was when I told my sister that I will treat everyone equally. She said I can only do that since I was white. 
So only white people can be non-racist. Interesting. (laughs) Well, yeah, see, so at the, at the most. That's so racist. If you look at this belief system, there's no plainer way to say it than, and they can't argue with this because this is true. They, they admit this. If you say it this plainly, they just don't like to say it this plainly. They like to cover it with a lot of jargon. But social justice ideology tells us that we must treat people differently, that we must judge people and treat them differently on the basis of race and sex, that that we cannot treat people equally. We have to treat them differently. And if you say, well, I believe in treating people equally, they'll say, oh, that's your white privilege talking. <laughs> like, what? Battle on 23 says the military was helpless from a fiat top down command from its civilian political leadership. Right. That's the thing about the military and the police. The, the grunts aren't in charge. It's the, it's the AOCs. It's the people who get voted to be in charge are in charge. They're in charge. So uh, if Kamala Harris becomes the president because they can't give up the Biden hologram for much longer then guess who becomes in charge of the military? Like that's, you get a Harris Pelosi presidency and uh, which by the way, I like my friend was, my friend thinks they're going to do this before the next, before 2022's election for Congress. He thinks that Biden will step down uh, so that Harris can take over. Pelosi can be VP and they have control for another two years. Uh, I don't know, but when you elect those people, the, those are the people in charge of the military. It's not, it's not the grunts. Um, yeah. It's, it's um, somebody asked in, in one of the threads I did about this, about woke breaking point, somebody, a friend who might be in chat today was saying that it's starting to infiltrate the state of Idaho and that they're starting to lose some of the big cities. And I said, yeah, well, Texas is, we've lost some of our big cities already to it. And then the question came up, why is it, why doesn't it infect the big cities first? Well, I think part of that answer is, is the same reason that it, if the same reason that it infects the top of these organizations first, the top of the military first is because a lot of the quote unquote elite moved to big cities, people who went to elite universities, people who are middle to upper income, you know, high income people who fancy themselves very smart people. And this is a bougie ideology. Social justice ideology was created by. Super bougie. Super bougie. It's pushed by and created by very elite people. And so if you see in in the cities more of a congregation of these so-called elite, I mean, that's where it's going to start to spread first. People who work in journalism and and, uh, entertainment and and work in academia and and have these fancy degrees and think that they're very smart and so much smarter than you. And they learned this stuff at their elite universities. And now they go out and they get jobs and they start pushing it in your churches and in your schools and in your hobby groups. And, you know, I think that's why you see it. I think you see it in big cities first for, for the same reason that you see it at the top of organizations first. That's my, I don't know belief. if you see it at the top of organizations first all the time. I think organizations Not get infiltrated through HR normally, right. but uh, I cities to, to me, the city's question isn't even a question. Literally every cultural movement starts in cities. There's just no, like it never goes the other way around. Every single cultural, everything always starts in cities. All culture trickles down from cities to the country. That's just the way it is for the reasons Carrie just described. It's always that way. It's always that way. That's where the universities are. That's where the money is. That's where the power, like that. this isn't any different than, you know, uh, <laughs> the just do it fad 
Like, yeah. <laughs> like it starts in cities, like every freaking thing culturally, it starts in cities. You know, um, the, my preacher, so I just want to plug, I've plugged a few things here today. I want to plug my church because I know people always ask, you know, I can't find a non-woke church near me. Well, my church has its sermons online. You can find them on YouTube or on Facebook. They're not allowed to advertise on Facebook anymore. They got hit during one of the purges. They're still there. They just can't push their videos out. Um, they're called Church on the Square in Texas. And they, uh, my preacher, he preaches about this quite a bit. He thinks it's the job of Christians to influence culture, that that man was, was put here to have, um, you know, domain over the earth and to have domain over culture and to shape culture. And so he believes that instead of fleeing the cities and, and moving further out that, you know, to the countryside, that Christians have a responsibility, some Christians maybe, maybe you don't feel that's your responsibility, but for some, those who are willing to take it on, to stay in the cities and to try and influence culture. You made me think of that anyway, because you're right. I think it, I think I think I think you're right. I think it's that culture gets shaped by the cities a lot of the time. I mean, I literally can't think of a reverse direction ever. And that doesn't mean there isn't one, but Well, the I mean, mullet, where did the mullet come from? That was never popular. <laughs> oh. <laughs> where I was at in the it was always yeah. viewed as a sign of backwater what like that's um, what about the rat tail I mean I, I mean I don't I'm not saying that the origin I mean maybe someone saw a rat tail in the country and decided I'm gonna do it but it was I guarantee if you look into it it was popularized by some city people started doing it and it probably get into media probably some actor did it probably it was on some freaking television show or movie or whatever like you know i was my guess i don't know okay mickey the fourth says policemen are already leaving and not joining on mass it's only a matter of time before this comes to the military i think it's already in the military and i right. and i've mentioned this before i have had conversations with um people who are much closer to the um police and and military than i am and uh it's the the old guys are the ones who are fighting this and some of them frustrated and just thrown in the bag and retiring. Um, and the young guys have, I mean, these people have confirmed this to me. Like the young guys are not, it's not the same stock of people. They are, uh, if it's, if we're talking about police, a lot of the young guys are just thugs that want a job. Like they just, they just want a job. They want to be thugs and they can be thugs, right? They're not there to, I mean, not all of them, obviously, uh, but much, much different, uh, much different um, reasons for joining than, you know, the retiring age people who joined, you know, for, for better reasons. And, I, and the same in the military. Um, Some people were asking, what does bougie mean? Sorry, I, bougie, I just spent bourgeois. It, it's just a, it's just a word for bourgeois. Um, Mickey, the fourth also says, I wanted to, I I always wanted to go to the USA. Sad to see there's nothing left of that kind of USA I wanted to live in. Yeah. Well, I think I mentioned is. this the other day. I had a friend who, from Kenya who like read about it, always dreamed about coming to the US. She moved here in the early 2000s and was sorely, she was disappointed back then. She was like, this sucks. This is nothing like what I read about. There's no wow. freedom here. This was early 2000s. She was like, there's no freedom here. This isn't, this isn't the free country that I read about. 
Well, did she go back to Kenya? No, she's still here because Kenya's worse. Uh, uh, but disappointed. Right. Um, the captain's log says Harris will switch Biden's urine before a drug test. <laughs> mm. She's never used that to appear as if he smoked weed so they can fire him, too, even though Harris admitted to smoking. I, I think they're just going to say. So my friend who was saying this, I think he's right about it. He's like, you're going to see in the media. Uh, they're going to start laying the foundation for Biden having problems and being old and like, oh, he's got sorry. Like, you know, he was competent, but he's starting to get shaky now. And like, he's going to have to retire. He's going to have to step down for health reasons or whatever. And so you'll have more of him falling up the stairs and more gaffes and like an increased amount of like the press admitting that there's problems with Biden. Um, so that uh, when they tell him to resign, because he'll think he's just obedient, uh, we won't be surprised. We'll be like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we saw this coming. CNN was gradually showing us more on this over the past year, more of this, and, and that's where we are. Uh, that I've sounded gotta, very cynical. I've <laughs> got to find, find this uh, tweet for you. It's, it's relevant to what you just said. So don't mind me while you read the next few ends. Human Kirk says Sorry. Orthodox denominations are by definition not woke. Well, I don't know. I mean, they can call themselves Orthodox and then turn woke, right? So, uh, but you would think by definition they aren't. But Cathedral for All, I'm um, sorry, TPS says Cathedral for All People is different than money and personal shoes. Oh, you're talking about um, oh, building a yeah, yeah. No, I, I I understand that cathedrals are 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 better and and <laughs> in the sense that everyone can can come appreciate the cathedral and and uh, I think the point that Seamus had made was this kind of like a museum because there wasn't museums. You'd go and appreciate art, and that's where you got to see art and and stuff. I, I get that there's a difference there, um, but the basic argument that there needs to be something beautiful because God, uh, you could apply that to your sneakers and it's up to the congregation to decide whether you're a jerk and being insincere about that or whether that's legitimate. And that's up to the congregation to decide if they think that that's illegitimate, they should stop giving you money or fire you and find another pastor or whatever. Um, I would imagine since it's voluntary. Uh, all right. Carrie sent me a tweet. Let's take a look. I just thought this would make you laugh. All right. I refuse to let it like make me laugh. Hold on. Let me... It's good to have laughs. U.S. China trade relations no. remains. No, 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 this no. One? The oh. one that says also Biden. Make that bigger. Oh, this one. Yeah, the GIF. Oh. Uh, here, wait. I'll put it full screen. Yeah. Bitcoin trying to break sixty k, fifty five, fifty seven. <laughs> 58. <laughs> you know, I saw a version of this GIF, Carrie, that yeah. was, uh, that I liked even better than this, which was um, someone put Donkey Kong at the top and had him rolling barrels and Biden tripping over <laughs> barrels and they added the sound effects. It was pretty awesome. No. <laughs> yeah, no. it was pretty good. Just silly. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the internet is silly. For anybody yeah. listening, that was just a GIF that somebody made of Biden falling up the stairs several times and it said, Bitcoin trying to break 60. And every time he took a stumble, it was like, oh, back down to 50, 55K, oh, oh, 58, you know, 
anyway, it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Francis Montgomery <laughs> is on the screen. Uh, I'm going to read it. Okay. Ex- let me just do X-A balance. Okay. He just says, bougie's a bougie way to say bourgeois. <laughs> That's so. f- hey, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Mea culpa, exivalence. Hey, Francis Montgomery says I had several waking up situations. One of which was the SJW ideology infecting the NFL with the Colin Kaepernick narrative. Mm. Yeah, that yep. was a big one for a lot of people. Yep. Yep. Let's do Holly's. Holly says Holly gives us fifty bucks and says. RE cluster types, for example, Waco rules of engagement delved into the character of David Koresh. It's been a while since I saw that. Uh, dangerously convinced he was right, but had dedicated years to form knowledge he based his beliefs on. Troubled, but not without conviction, unlike some cluster Bs. Yeah, and you know, the situation that I vaguely referred to with my childhood being cluster A, uh, problematic in a cluster A way, it was very similar. There was there was that kind of uh, <laughs> dangerousness involved, but it was based on conviction and like, like David Crush, based on conviction, lots of studying knowledge. It wasn't without conviction and directionless like cluster bees. Uh-huh. I really wonder if though, you, Some- I, re- I still want to, I'm still curious whether that society like has these dysfunctions and diff- like, now it's the people without conviction who are crazy and in charge. Now it's the people with conviction who are crazy and in charge. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I do think some cluster Bs have conviction, some of them. But, okay. but not to that degree that you're talking about. I mean, for example, there was an episode of the Disaffected podcast where he was talking about histrionics. And mm. he was talking about AOC and saying, I think she actually believes some of the stuff she says. And I agree. I think she actually believes some of it. Not all of it. She doesn't believe that Ted Cruz tried to have her murdered. She said that knowing it's not true, knowing she doesn't believe right. that. And she said that anyway. What a deceitful manipulator. But there are other things she says that I think she's convinced herself of. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Mager Bluetooth says people need to add bulverism to their vocabulary. Um, if that's how you say it. I need uh, to add it to mine because I don't know what that means. Yeah. It's a uh, circular argument basically. But I think you have to be condescending in it as well. It's like a circular argument and also like snotty, snotty condescending oh, so kind of like belittling circular. Let me give an maybe? example. So, Carter, you, you have white fragility. Do you agree? No. Well, that's evidence of your white fragility, you dumbass. Yeah. Okay. I think that's bulverism. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I used a bad word. I need to do the work. <laughs> you need to do the work. <laughs> you know, can I say, can I, you know, I, by the way, I appreciate everyone today sharing with us yes. their um, moments of, uh, break their breaking points for woke, and I want to I want to say something. This is not a it's not a criticism. It's just some advice because I was thinking about it earlier today. Um, when you when you realize that woke is when you see this stuff, right? Um, it's going to be very easy to jump onto another bandwagon. 
right? It's going to be very easy to be like, okay, well, they're wrong, so therefore these other people who were saying that they're like, they're, these other people are right or whatever. Um, and I think it's incumbent upon you, and not just you, anyone, whenever we make mistakes about anything in life, right? It's incumbent upon us to say, okay, uh, how did I get, how did I make this mistake? How did I get, maybe with woke, maybe it's how did I get duped? What was used against me? How did I, what didn't I see? What did I miss? And frankly, uh, to then, to, to turn to people who are like, okay, these are people who didn't get duped. What are they saying? I should listen more carefully in this particular area to the people who didn't get duped, who are telling me I had a friend in my life, let's say, or I had an aunt, and Carrie, in your case, you had an aunt who was sticking by you but arguing with you the whole time, right? That that aunt is a source of um, discovery for you where you, she can help you, where you go and say, okay, she knew something, she saw something, I didn't. I don't want to not see the next thing. I need to fix that about whatever my error I made, I need to fix it. Because we all make errors and things, right? I, I was thinking it this morning actually related to something else. Like I made some, a bunch of investing mistakes and like I realized like what I had to do after that was turn to the person in my life who was not making those mistakes and realize, okay, wait a minute. What, what are, what, what were they seeing that I wasn't seeing? What criteria were they using that I wasn't using? Because otherwise I'll just be like, oh, well, I made those mistakes. I see I made those mistakes. I'm going to move on and do this other thing now. And like, I'm not correcting the problem. I'm just going to get swept up in some other problem later. Right. Um, so I think it is really important if you're new from waking up to woke, you go back and you find people in your life who were, were telling you you're like, this is a problem. This is going to be a problem, whatever. Like, and in fact, a great public example is like, go back and, and look at people like, we've talked about them a lot. Look at Jordan Peterson and what he said about C-16, right? And you can go back before Jordan Peterson and you can look at, look what Ron Paul said about things decades ago. Like there are plenty of people who have, who have, were not duped by this. Um, and there's plenty of reading from people who were not duped by this. And it's an important learning experience. If we don't learn from it, we're going to repeat the same mistake in some other way. And that yeah. does not go for just this. It goes for literally anything in your life, obviously, right? I'm just thinking about it now uh, because I do think I have seen at least one person, and Carrie, you probably know who I'm thinking about. I've seen at least one person be like, oh, woke's bad? Now I'm on this bandwagon. Yeah. Instantaneously. Blah, 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 blah. And like, yeah. that's not... That's not yeah. growth. That is not personal growth. Right. I, I agree. And I, but I also would say some of those people who could see through it, they're not going to always be able to see through everything. And since you used my aunt as an example, my aunt sure. is Sorry. on the Well, no, that's okay. But she's on the right. And when I've talked to, before about how people who are organically responding to COVID lockdowns and mass mandates um, along what I think organically it's an authoritarian versus individualism issue. Um, mm -hmm. It's not organically a right left thing, although the media made it that, but uh, she supports lockdowns and mass. Right. Mandates. So, and yeah. I understand why she falls for that. I understand why. 
Right. But but it's almost like the you know somebody can be a, able to see through certain things and not others because of whatever their belief system yeah. is. Um, yeah. So just be a little don't don't always assume that person's going to be right about everything. You should question anything. They, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not yeah, meaning to imply that at all. What I'm right. saying is they were right about this thing. It's always right. your judgment. You're responsible for your own judgment. So like right. <laughs> you have to use your own judgment, but they were right about that thing. Why were they right about that thing? And perhaps there's one or two beliefs or one or two things that they understood that would have um, inoculated you to this and maybe other stuff that they believe. Right you still think is wrong, but maybe there's a like, or maybe you have five different people and you, you look at all of them and say, okay, well the one common thing is this thing that I was lacking that they all understood. Maybe that's something that I should integrate into my, my viewpoint. Right. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's about, it's about my whole point is actually, it's about self-improvement, not just jumping on another bandwagon. Like your aunt's bandwagon is not the bandwagon to jump on either. Right. Like, but right. there's an opportunity for self-improvement there with, with that. And um, well, I think there is going to be, there are a lot of, there are a lot of grifters who will welcome you with open arms and throw you onto some other bandwagon. And they're going to be like, this is the way now all people who just woke up from wokeness. Oh and yeah. That's dangerous. Well, well, since you're talking about that, I'll just, uh, let me, <laughs> let me address that too, without naming anyone. But there's, uh, if someone is claiming to be against wokeness and they sound like they've got some of the ideas right, probably because they're copy, copying other people and spitting out what they think is going to get a following or whatever, whatever it is their real goals are, it's working for them. Um, but they're not behaving in a way that is in line with being anti-woke. If someone says that they're on my side, right? That they oppose woke ideology, but they support, create and engage in cancel culture mobs and target businesses um, and try to send people to those businesses to, to shut them down, to harass them, to leave bomb threats, to leave negative reviews, to uh, all based on their word. You know, if, if they're doing that, I don't think they're on my side, no. If, if they're supporting deplatforming and making a big deal about um, making sure that you don't give certain people an interview or don't have certain people on your show and they and you should cancel certain people uh, that that's that's not anti-woke it's just like it's just like how social justice sold itself to me as being one thing as being about liberalism and progressivism but then when I started to see the behavior and the fruit if the behavior and the fruit doesn't line up, the fruit, the fruit was, okay, now we want you to support violence. Okay, now we want you to support censorship. And that's, that's what woke me up. It was like, this isn't liberalism. That's not, this fruit is not liberalism. And if so, somebody is speaking good ideas, but they're not living them, and their behavior shows that they're willing to bully and harass and, and stalk people and, and defame and lie and manipulate and abuse and, and to participate in cancel culture mobs and participate in deplatforming and to lie. Like, I don't, that's, I'm not about that. And I don't want to be associated with you and be very skeptical of what bandwagons you get on. So 
I mean, you know, I'm thinking about a specific instance, but there's lots of lots of people. There's no there's no ideology or there's no belief system or there's no movement that's immune from sociopathic people or from cluster bees or from con artists like anybody con artists can make a living selling wokeness and they can make a living pushing back against wokeness and i'd say you know just be yeah just be aware of of jumping on unquestionably unquestioningly jumping on bandwagons but yeah i mean and anti-wokeness i put in the same category frankly as atheism it's it's not a belief in anything. It's a belief right. in not something. Right. So like, are, am I on the same side as atheists? Uh, I guess if we're talking about the particular belief in God, but I don't share a lot. Like I would rather be in Carrie's foxhole fighting a different war in Carrie's Christian. Like I'm not <laughs> like, I don't, a lot of the my fellow atheists are Marxists, and I'm not on their side. So, yeah. um, my side is individual rights, yeah. and and like that's that's where Carrie and I agree. Now we have differing implementations. Like I'd love to spend time arguing. I've got a bunch of objectivist friends who think I'm crazy for being an anarch an anarchist, an anarcho capitalist. I would love to get to a point where the default in society was. Individual rights are the thing. Let's figure out how to protect them. That's a great argument to have, right? Yeah. They think if there's a different way to protect individual rights. That's why I'm friends with a lot of libertarians and minarchists as well, because they want to protect individual rights. That's where they're coming from. And they think the best way to do it is this other way, right? That's fine. We can have those arguments, but that's the standard for political discussion. It's protection of individual rights. And like, that's that's the side, not anti-woke. You can be anti-woke Marxists. Like, there's lots of anti-woke. You can be an anti-woke yeah. narcissistic jerk. Like, that's not, you know, anti-woke isn't a thing. It's a non-thing. Yeah. And it's important. And woke is a cancer. And it is destroying our country. But it's really just a particular variant of a cancer that is much more deadly, which is the collectivist ideology. And it just happens to be manifesting as woke right now. They've, you know, collectivism has been festering underneath our surface and growing in in power in America for generations. This is not this is not a new thing. The just the woke manifest the other manifestations didn't work. They tried to push the class warfare. It didn't work. So then they're like they're they're now they're stuck on the race thing because they hope that that will work to get Marxism in. But the the end goals are all the same. It's all some form of authoritarian collectivist yeah. ideology. No matter what, no matter whether they call it Marxism or socialism or democratic socialism or communism, whatever they want to call it, it doesn't matter. It's authoritarian collectivism. Some variant of that is is what the Wokies are pushing, and the opposite of that is individualism. It's it's recognizing that individual rights are the standard by which we judge uh, political action. Like that's yeah. the standard. That's the standard. We might disagree on how to implement it, but that's the standard. And that's an important distinction. Um, and it's not whether or not you like <laughs> recognize wokiness or not. That's not, that's less important. I don't think anyone who's an individual rights supporter can actually <laughs> be woke, but but I was kind of wrong with the libertarians, right? I thought a lot of them were about individual rights and they got duped into wokiness because yeah. they didn't. 
It's just paying attention. They're not paying attention or they're not, they're not interrogating their beliefs and their behavior enough. You know, look at your behavior. I mean, when the awakening that people interview me about a lot or at, want to know about a lot or ask about a lot, you know, the leaving social justice ideology, it wasn't just about recognizing that my ideology was racist and sexist. It wasn't just about that. It, it, that that it wasn't what I thought it was. Yes, that happened. But the other thing that happened was, I mean, you know me, Carter. It changed who I was and how I behaved right. in the world. And, you know, especially Jordan Peterson's talk about Cain and Abel and looking at that as two modes of being in the world. And and I think there's something about that that everybody can can learn from that, from his discussion about that story that that the most important thing i think one of the most important things is is to make sure that your behavior aligns with what you believe and and as jordan peterson says um you know tell the truth or at least don't lie <laughs> and, right. you and by lie. the way that's what integrity <clears throat> is yes integrity is behavior that matches your stated intent yes basically and, that's what it is and you can lie with behavior you can lie by speaking opinions that are not your own. That's a lie. You can lie by putting a phrase on a sign, silence is violence, that you don't actually believe and is not actually true. You know, you can lie in a lot of different ways. And so try to root out the ways in which you lie and be less concerned with, with pointing it out in others. And you will start to see it in others the more that you try to root it out of yourself. Because the more you get rid of it out of yourself, then you'll, it's like turning on the lights. You're like, oh my gosh, look how many people do this thing. I was one of those people who used to, uh, you know, if somebody, this is an example of like a little kind of lie. And I see people do this all the time now that I make sure I don't do it. If somebody, and you're in a conversation and maybe it's someone you just met and you want to, you know, of course, have a good impression with them. And, and they're like, oh, you know, and they'll mention something you haven't heard of or you haven't read. And mm. there's a tendency people have in that social interaction to be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and yeah, and go along with it like they know what you're talking about. Don't do yeah, that. I think we've all done that. But we've it's, all done that. But you that's should a lie. Out, you should get rid of it. Yep. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. That seems innocuous, but it's not. I, I promise it's not. If you stop, if you start to recognize, Jordan Peterson helped me say, if you start to recognize when you do that and just root that out and say, oh, I haven't read that. What is that? Who cares? Who cares if you look? Who cares if you look dumb? Because you're also robbing yourself of an opportunity to learn something when you pretend like you already know what they're talking about. You should just say, I don't know what that is. I've had several embarrassing moments on the podcast where Carter talked about something. Oh, was that really embarrassing one about Hong Kong and China where you were like, oh, they're, they're separate, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> or there was something that I, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. It doesn't matter. But that's, uh, that's that. important. I mean. And, and that's important for I've that's a conversation I've had with my daughter about learning um, just in school, because I know I remember in like in school. There's a lot of kids who just won't say like they won't raise like I'm not following. I don't understand. And one of the most valuable things that I learned about learning was to interrupt me like, wait, I don't I'm follow. lost. Like you just lost me. I like I need because and it turns out. Usually, if you're a dumbass about it, probably everyone else, like a lot of other people, probably are also lost. Yeah. They're just cowards, and they they want to like nod their heads and 
and like so it's you, I mean sometimes maybe it's just you that does happen I guess but like you know that's your opportunity to learn the thing you're there to learn um and that's true about life generally you're there to learn when you're having a conversation you're there to exchange information and if someone says are you familiar with bobbledygook you can't and you just say yes and you don't know what it is you're not actually in the conversation anymore yeah you, you remember, you're faking reality do you remember the episode when I realized I didn't know what Netflix and chill meant because I told you I liked a Netflix and chill by myself. <laughs> and you were like, Harry, no, no. What, is, what do you do think? It, what if I just go along and get it? Oh, I know what it means. <laughs> I yeah. thought I thought it meant I thought it meant just right. watching Netflix. I, by the way, that that's been by the way that particular thing is something that I've been working on for years, and like I, I think I'm pretty good at at doing it now. But one of the reasons was um, when I was a kid. I had a, this is going to sound racist, but I don't care. I had a Chinese doctor. Odd. I was in like the suburbs. He was probably the only Chinese person in the, I don't know how we had a Chinese, but he's a Chinese doctor and he had a really thick accent and I could never understand what he was saying. And he would say things, this is me as a kid, right? He would say things to me or ask me questions. And and I would just be, as a kid, I'd be just like, "Uh uh-huh. And my mom afterwards would be like, why did you tell him that blah, blah, blah? I'm like, I don't know what he was saying. <laughs> She's like, she would be like, really like, why are you saying yes if you don't know what he's asking you, right? But that was like, I, I was like too afraid to say, I don't actually understand what you're saying. That's not and, racist at all. Because it was socially awkward or whatever. What? Yeah, it's, it's not racist at all. There's You didn't whatever. understand I'm, him. Yeah, people, I'm just saying. People take everything Again. as racist. but. Like, yeah, I, and my mom, she could understand him very well. So she was like very confused because I would say things sometimes and she would come out of the doctors and she'd be like, why? I didn't know that. You were, you said blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I did? You agreed to X, Y, and I did? Like, like, I don't know. Like, because I would just be like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, <laughs> it's funny. So, yeah, I don't know. So that's, that's one of the best lessons to teach your kids is to, be the dumb person to raise their hand and ask the question um, and admit like, Hey, I'm not following. I don't understand. I don't know what that is. Um, so. Okay. A couple more. Let's do the last two super chats. Then we're, okay. it's, you know, this has been a long show. Uh, Andrew Joyner says I was never woke, but my red pill moment was a lady on TV saying we have to teach equality to boys and girls in school. So boys won't be violent. <laughs> That'll do it. Um, uh, by the way, <laughs> Rachel says, remember when Carrie's, Carrie's uh, county was only minimally reliant on green energy, but then she realized that all the other portions of energy supporting her area were also from other green energy? Yes, I do. That's a great example of being okay, being wrong, or learning something on air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look, what, be, people are wrong a lot. We're wrong a lot. Um Lewis, Lewis says susceptibility to SJW ideology comes down to personality type. Perhaps I know people who are overbearing evangelical Christians who became SJWs. Yeah, I think that's what's fascinating about this podcast that uh, you were talking about earlier that you are on, Carrie, is that he's approaching this from a personality traits perspective, yes. which I think is fascinating. Yes, yeah. the personality disorder, which used to be called mm-hmm. character disorder. I didn't know that. But oh that really? Makes of, that makes a lot of sense. It used to be called character oh. disorder. Well, no wonder they don't call it that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They they got rid of that. <laughs> don't imply I'm less than you just because I'm a pathological liar and a narcissist and have paranoid schizophrenia. Okay, let me tell you something. On one of his <laughs> recent episodes, 
he highlighted social justice activists who are complaining that um, the serial killer Buffalo Bill in the movie Silence of the Lambs was uh, misgendered and was was not given enough respect. <laughs> 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 How dare you misgender this this fictionalized sociopathic murderer? Anyway, <laughs> by the way, I don't think aliens came at Roswell in 1950s. But if aliens did come. And they're just observing us and they don't give a crap about whether we kill ourselves. They have to, this is like, we're a sitcom. Our entire planet is just hilarious. It's, it's gotta be really funny to them. Oh, oh, one more toxic man flu says, uh, topic Biden's administration believes they are acting in a reboot of the West wing discuss, Wish I had gotten here sooner. LOL. I never watched the West wing. So. I can't oh, discuss. I didn't either. I can't discuss that. I didn't watch it either. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I believe you. They believe like they're acting in the reboot of West Wing. Okay. Uh, Not enough respect for Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Go watch <laughs> that episode. It's funny. It's just like, wow. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> next time you kill someone and skin them, make sure they use the proper pronouns in referring pronouns. to you. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Have a good one, everyone. Eric, July on Wednesday, live, 1 p.m. Pacific. Also, you can go to unsafespace.com and slash retreat if you want to uh, come, come to our retreat in August and hang, hang out. out with us in August. Yeah. And we have two Play Dungeons and Dragons, whatever. I don't know what else we're going to do. We have two price points there. Um, one is if you want the all-inclusive to stay at the resort with us for the two nights, three nights, two nights, two nights, three days, two nights. Yeah. And the other is if you just want a day pass to come on Saturday for all the events on Saturday. Um, this is the book that we're reading this month, the fourth mm. turning by William Strauss and Neil Howe. And you can find out more information at unsafespace.com on the book club page. It's free to join and participate. We'll be discussing this live on Sunday and I hope you have a good week. Alrighty. Now the boomer will press the credit button. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. The following co-conspirators have confessed to crime think. For your protection, contact with these individuals is strictly prohibited.
Did you know that liberty is just a dog whistle for, insert evil ideology? If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Oh no, please do not protest against racism. Anything but that. I beg you. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.